Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 333. And we got a doozy here for you tonight. It's playoffs, either the first round or second round of your fantasy football playoffs. This show is Get to the Green in Week 15. We're going to be dropping that knowledge, giving you that goo. And today I got Stag Party on the other end of an Uber conference with me. Houdini's got some Canadians, uh, aunts and cousins in town or something that are coming to visit him. So we told him to take the night off because he wanted to get the show started at an ungodly hour. So it's you got Stag Party and D-Rex today. We are pyromaniac.com. And we're super fired up. This is a crazy week because not only do you have a sick, sick, sick game on Thursday, you got two matchups that go on Saturday. Remember that. Don't be a douche and um, forget to set your lineups. Two games on Saturday um, that are, you know, not the most important games in the world, but definitely players going. Uh, You've got the Houston Texans and the Jets. And then you've also got the Browns and the Broncos. I guess those are pretty important games. So make sure you set your lineup. When you're setting your lineup for your Thursday games or what have you, set your whole lineup and then come back. But make sure you get to it on Saturday. What's going on, Stag Party? How you doing, brother? Good, man. Still trying to recover from a long weekend that ventured well into you know Monday morning after a Bears victory. Uh, needed a couple days to catch up on after it, but finally getting back to even. What does that mean? Did you guys go out after that win and just light the lamp at, like, scout or something? I wish. Uh, you know, I had to be at work bright and early Monday morning, so couldn't go too too late. But we had a, a very adventurous Uber ride that costed us an insane amount of money just because they were, you know, hitting people with the surcharge right after the Bears game. Oh, my God. That's it. I went to the game a few weeks ago against the Vikings. It was cold as shit. No BS because of the surcharges. Me and my buddy Stavish, we ended up taking a uh, we had uh, taking a rickshaw. So we took a rickshaw and it was freezing, but we it was so much cheaper. We took a rickshaw from Soldier Field to West Loop, and the uh, the chick loved us. We gave her a hundred bones. Um, gave her a hundred dollar bill. She said in the in the rickshaw industry, she says that's a unicorn ride. So we gave her. Like, <laughs> awesome we were puffing on the thing like cruising out of there like it was impossible to get an uber and like you said that it was so expensive so we're like should we hit this thing it was fun as shit bears <laughs> dude, that was such a sick win god we'll talk about them uh, when we get to that matchup but as usual we follow this uh schedule on nfl.com go to nfl.com go to schedule hit week 15 and you will see the matchups and we're going there let's start with tomorrow night's game um, which is the Chargers are heading to uh, Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, some huge implications in this matchup. Uh, Chargers are a surprising 10-3, and three, and the Chiefs are 11-2. What do you think? We'll start with the Chargers' side of the ball. Seems like it should be a real field day for a lot of these offensive uh, players. What are your thoughts? I know you got Phillip Rivers quite high in top five. Um Give it to me on what you're thinking you might see out of the Chargers offense and some of the main cogs in that wheel. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great offensive day on both sides. We've seen nobody really able to stop the uh, Chiefs this season. The Chargers have been playing great. The last time these two teams played, it was a 38-28 to shootout. 
uh, early in the season. Um, we're going to see more development from Patrick Mahomes since that time. But now the Chargers also have Joey Bosa back and have been playing a little stingier on defense. Um, and they're also more banged up, you know, across the board after losing Tyreek uh, or after losing Kareem Hunt, you know, and, and cutting bait with him. Spencer Ware is now injured, uh, listed as doubtful for that game. I don't think he's going to play with the doubtful tag. Um, so you're looking at a backfield of Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, and Sharkhandrick West, uh, and it's much different. And you got to think Damian Williams is going to be the leader in the backfield there. But I just think this is going to be a game you know, centered on the passing attacks of both squads. So I really like both of these quarterbacks in this matchup. Um, you know, flipping it back to the Chargers side for a moment, however, you uh, Melvin Gordon listed as questionable. Um, you know, missed last week. It was rumored that he could have been back last week, but they held him out against the Bengals. Um, it, I think he would have definitely been a go had this game been a Sunday game. But, uh, you know, with it being on Thursday, a little bit of extra time, but he's getting in limited practices. He traveled with the team today to Kansas City. So, you know, in my estimation, he's going to be good to go. And if he's, you know, active in that game, I don't see how you treat him as anything less than a, you know, top five, seven, top five to seven running back. Um you know, with what he's been able to do this season and how bad the Chiefs are against opposing running backs. They are one of the worst teams on the season against opposing uh, running backs. And you look at what Melvin Gordon was able to do, you know, earlier this season against them, and it's prime for, you know, a potential big game from him. He caught, uh, he didn't do much in the, uh, rushing department gaining just 64 yards on 15 carries, but he caught nine passes for over 100 yards on 13 targets. Uh, and, you know, his compadre Austin Eckler, who's going to be missing this game with a concussion uh, and neck injury, caught five for 87 and one. So a, a real way to attack these guys is through the air with your running backs. Um, Melvin should be able to do very, very well in that slot. Um, and Justin Jackson's a really unproven player there um, in the third back on the depth chart, or maybe even the second back if Melvin Gordon were somehow out, is Dontrez Newsom, who's also you know, very unproven on that down um, and in that capacity. Uh, so, you know, these guys, uh, it, it lines up so well for Melvin Gordon that I'm absolutely starting him if he's active in this game. That's awesome. Keenan Allen going for his sixth week in a row with a touchdown. So after a, a little bit of a lull um, for him uh, in kind of uh, not half, halfway, but at the uh, tail end of the first part of the season, he kind of was uh, was hurting owners a little bit, not going off. But he's been back on it. Um, obviously, uh, you know, he had uh, going for his sixth game. In the first, uh, he had eight catches for 100 yards and a TD in that week one matchup. So Keenan Allen, as you would say, locked in. Um, and Terrell Williams, he actually had a, a, a nice long touchdown in that first matchup as well. Anything else you want to talk about on these guys? Should we? Uh, is the Johns? Is the Jackson? Justin Jackson? Uh, are you? Uh, if, I mean, if if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, 
Uh, and what we've seen out of him in the short, uh, you know, short packages we've seen and, and spurts we've seen, he looks like a player. Yeah, I mean, they're playing to his strengths, which are getting him outside of the tackle box uh, and getting him on the edges. Uh, when the, I think that's going to be a major part of their game plan. And Justin Jackson might have, you know, get a little bit more run this week. Um, even if Melvin Gordon's active, you know, without Austin Eckler, he's definitely going to see an increase there. But I, I think they're going to use Melvin, you know, as that receiving threat, which is so deadly against Kansas City. Um, but Eckler or, uh, Jackson might be the guy they asked to do a lot more of the in between the tackles running, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, the Williams brothers, um, I, I don't think anybody can be absolutely locked into either of them. Mike Williams, you know, was the better receiver in week, uh, two when these two teams faced off, caught five for 81. But Tyrell did catch two for eight, but one of them was a touchdown. You know, Tyrell, um, ever since a you know spurt in the middle of the season, you know that injuries hampered him, and they haven't been getting him the ball as much. It's been a lot uh, to the running backs, and Antonio Gates has seen a little bit of a resurgence um, in the touchdown and two point conversion uh, department as of late. Agreed. Let's go over to the Kansas City Chiefs. My homies uh, obviously got the, the fan, fan, NFL fandom on fire with some of the throws he's doing last week and just what he's pulling off in his second year. The guy's pretty much everyone's favorite player. Um, do you? Uh, he's our number one ranked uh, quarterback this week, even against the stout Chargers defense. I think that says a lot. Uh, but Tariq Tere- Hill injured, um, has a foot injury, but could be a game time decision. What are you hearing? What do you think? Is Hill going to go, or do you think um, he's going to? They're going to play it safe with him. I, I think this matchup's too big to play it safe. Um, I think Tyreek's going. All indications and reports are that he's going to be out there. Um, but we saw that you know he's putting it on the line uh, even when he's hurting. So. Uh, I'm starting that guy with the reckless abandon if I own him. And, you know, if he's my downfall, I, I, I can't be too awful about that. But, uh, you know, he's the number one wide receiver on the season in standard leagues. Um, his yards per reception and yards per touch and, and fantasy points per touch are, you know, outrageous. So he only needs a couple plays to make it work. Um I'm rolling out, you know, basically the Chiefs as usual. Sammy Watkins already ruled out in this game. We mentioned Spencer Ware, doubtful. Um, you know, Damian Williams is probably going to be a running back two for me. Um, I don't know if they're going to give him a full workload. Uh, he was already getting, you know, a good share splitting with Spencer Ware. I, I just think he's going to take a couple more from Spencer Ware. Uh, and then they're going to divide it up between, you know, Daryl Williams and Sharkandrick West, who hasn't gotten much run this season, but, you know, knows that system pretty well. Um, all these guys uh, are active for me. Um, Damian Williams, Tyreek Hill, you know, Travis Kelsey locked in as the number one tight end. Uh, and, you know, his really only disappointing game this season is, come against these chargers when he caught just um one pass out of six targets for six yards 
So yeah. hopefully, I'm not thinking we're going to see that again with uh, sort of chemistry they've shown and growth. For sure. All right, I love it. Let's move on to our second game. Like we said, this is a Saturday, so it's going to start at 4.30 Eastern. Don't be an idiot and be like, oh, I didn't get my lineup in. Um, Texans going to New York to face the Jets, who through the first half of last week's game looked like it was going to be another one of those matchups, and lo and behold, they were able to pull out a pretty awesome victory. I think it was a huge play and a huge thing for Darnold, but we'll start with the Houston Texans. Uh, Sean Watson, what do you think? Uh, you know, just kind of give a rundown of what you think Watson, Miller, um, Hopkins, and, and, and the guys are going to be able to do against the Jets, Jets, Jets. You know, right here, it doesn't look like the Texans should have any problems uh, handling the New York Jets as currently constructed. Um, this is one of these games that we don't get to see all too often. The last time these two teams faced off was 2015. Um, I think we can pretty safely say that quarterback situations are, are vastly di- uh, different on each side uh, of the field, starting with Deshaun Watson. You know, he's low-key been having a great season, but uh, you know, those fantasy numbers that we talked about in his insane touchdown to interception ratio um, and, and touchdown rate, those things all fell back to earth. But, you know, he's completing more of his passes. Um, he's more accurate. The turnover-prone plays have seemed to stop. He, he's rushing the ball well on the season. Um, and, and there's nothing to dislike uh, and, and it looks like he's got a pretty safe floor unless they just go into a complete shell um, like they did in week 11 against Washington. But I, I don't think the Jets have a defense to do that. Um, I'm seeing this as a pretty you know, good game if you're a Deshaun Watson owner. Uh, there's not much to dislike. So, you know, firing up DeAndre Hopkins as usual, um, Lamar Miller, uh, also going to be in a lot of lineups this week. Um, you know, he, he's just been getting it done as of late. Um, not much to dislike in, in terms of what he, he's been able to do. Um, you know, so you're looking at, you know, these other two wide receivers in Kiki Kuti and, um, you know, Demarius Thomas, uh, who've sort of had, mixed results and Kuti being out uh, the last couple of weeks, but, you know, expected to make a uh, recovery by this one, but he's one of those guys that I I sort of need to see it um, to believe it. Uh, But, but Demarius is, you know, slowly grown within the offense, but I just don't know if they're going to need to air it out a ton. Um, You know, Demarius targets has 16 targets over the last three weeks, uh, caught 11 passes, um, you know, had a two touchdown game in there. But right now I, I just don't know what his upside is in this offense. Is it 60 yards and a touchdown, maybe two? Um, so he, he's really, he's someone I could, I, I really can't see myself starting. Like, I don't know how I'm going to need, you know, eight points in a PPR. Um, and if he goes off for more than that, great. So I, I'm much more inclined to start Kuti 
you know, should he be active? Um, but that's a gamble in itself. So I'm probably staying away from both of them if I can afford to. And I, um, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, agreed. All right. So let's see. Um, let's move on to the other matchup. I think the one thing that the Texans have going for them is uh, a tough loss last week against Indianapolis. Um, they were on a huge, what, nine-game winning streak or whatever until last week. Um, and they're going to be coming in the, a Jets matchup hungry, angry, and, you know, let's be honest, the Jets are uh, a 4-9 team, um, and they, uh, they, are, they don't pose too much of a threat to the Texans. Let's go to the Jets offense. Uh, Darnold, first game back after a few off last week, um, you know, kind of looked uh, looked a little shaky, but then kind of looked uh, at the end, it got done when he had to. You think, uh, you know, it's it's hard really to start anyone on this team, so probably just let you run your thing. If there's a guy that pops out, Crowell, or a lot of people have picked up Elijah McGuire here, he had coming off a nice game. I mean, Anderson had a touchdown, but can you really count on him? Um, Herndon, rookie tight end, what do you think? Is there a guy um, with your 15, as we're calling this, with the green on the line in the in the playoffs? Is there anyone that really you can hang your hat on um, on this offense or someone that you think matches up well against the Texans specifically? Yeah, there's not much that's super great here. Um, you know, you mentioned Robbie Anderson not getting much done, but scoring a touchdown. Uh, you know, you're not really hanging your hat on Sam Darnold at this point. Uh, the best probable area is that tight end position. Um, the Texans allow 22.4% uh, of all receptions to go to opposing tight ends, which is 2% above league average. Um, they're above league average in receiving yards al- allowed to tight ends as well. Uh, and, and also, you know, that uh, touchdown section, which is all important, uh, is a pretty good spot as well. Um, so so Herndon's probably the best bet, but I'm not sticking my neck on the line um, for him, you know, in this matchup. Uh, he, he's the closest to a starter. Uh, everybody else, you know, Isaiah Crowell left that game with an injury last week. I don't know if he's going to be active. Um, if not, you're probably looking at, you know, Trenton Cannon and Elijah McGuire uh, in the backfield. It looked pretty good last week. Um, McGuire rushed 17 times for 60 yards and a touchdown. Also caught uh, three of his four targets for 23 yards. But, you know, against Houston, it's going to be a lot of garbage time play. Um, And that's scary to me with, with, with money making on the line. I'm not putting it on the green of the Jets either. (laughs) All right, let's go to the next uh, matchup, the second game on Saturday. But before we do, do us a favor and listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, the Browns, hot as hell, uh, heading up to um, or over to, I suppose, uh, Mile High. 
Um, well, altitude wise, I guess they're heading up. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, I knew I was on to something there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we got Baker Mayfield, guys, just pretty much uh, as good as it gets. Impossible not to be um, loving what he's up to. I think he's the first quarterback ever to have like eleven games in a row or something with the TD as a rookie. Uh, just a just a beast of a man. Uh, the confidence that he's able to exude and um, the things he's able to do at this point in his career um, are just making this offense something delightful to watch. After kind of some time off, Landry was looking uh, like crap, but finally uh, Landry had his coming out party um, last week. Uh, what do you think here? You love you liking Nick Chubb in this matchup? I'm pretty sure I saw him uh, as a top eight running back in, in the rankings for Pyro this week. Um, if you guys are listening, make sure you check out our rankings on pyromaniac.com. It is a, um, it's an average of uh, Stag Party does his weekly rankings. Our boy Wheeler does his rankings each week. Uh, and then obviously, or as well as Waz, um, does his re- rankings and each of them submit him. And the average of that is what makes up our rankings. Both Wheeler is, I think, number eight right now in the fantasy, maybe six, six maybe um, in the fantasy pros, on the season, player rankings guy. And um, Waz, who was number two or three last year on the season, is sitting at number one so far through 14 weeks. Uh, Stag party I saw, I think you moved into the top 30, uh, which is awesome. Um, So – Let's be honest. We got the one, the six, and another top guy out of 145 plus ranking dudes. Um, we got guys that know what they're doing. So our rankings are are, are, are top notch. So in a in a, in a week uh, that's playoff and implications, and you need an important decisions being made. Um, I've just been honestly, I've been getting friends that text me and are like, "What do you think about this match?" And I I literally lately I've been, dude, we've got such studs doing our rankings. Just go look at Fantasy Pros. Go look at, at theirs individually. Go look at, uh, you know, Pyro's player rankings. I'm not going to do better than them. <laughs> I'm not going to help you. Uh, and they think I'm lazy, but at the end, once they hit me back later, two days later, like, good call, good call. You made the right decision. I wasn't going to play T.Y. Hilton. I'm glad you – I'm glad I listened to you, bastages. Oh, uh, oh the guy we had uh, – I was super high on last week. Uh I think I think early in the week I had him as a top six play. He he just there's something in the water down for him in Houston. He just owns the damn Texans. It's great. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't even on the show last week, as as you know, and as maybe some of our listeners um, know and enjoyed. Um, so when I hit you guys up, like, hey, who's a good character, a uh, good player to put on? Pretty much both of you were like Hilton. I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Um, had a lot of uh, had a lot of Colts uh, on our player graphics this year on Pyro, which is which is awesome. I even think quickly just talking to because we were just done talking about the Texans. That was pretty crazy the way the Colts. I think through the first half of last game, they they ended up giving up some sacks finally. But that offensive line, watching those guys manhandle Watt and Jadavian Clowney, was something. It made you realize how, when you have a badass offensive line, what it can do for a team. It was they couldn't, they weren't doing it. They weren't getting any pressure on Luck at all. And obviously, you saw it. They ended up losing anyway. Back to the Browns. Do your thing. Run through these guys um, and let let us know who you're who you're thinking is uh, is going to give you some uh, some gusto in Week 15. Yeah, the Browns are 
you know, playing much better with Freddie Kitchens column plays. Um, but this is still a game uh, heading in, into mile high. Uh, I can't even tell you the last time the Browns won there. Um, these are teams sort of both sort of in the mix uh, or just off the edge of the mix for that six wild card spot. Um, you know, what Denver's been able to do, uh, you know, defensively, and they're getting a lot of, you know, they, they sort of got rolled last week by uh, San Francisco um, and, you know, George Kittle rolled. So you look at, you know, and Joku may be able to replicate some of those things that were seen on tape uh, and, and how they're going to, you know, impact this offense. And you've got to like some of the upside here. Um, Chubb, you know, we've got him. He, he's just been so consistent. He, he's their best goal line weapon right now. Um, he's been the guy most likely to score a touchdown on that team. There's not going to be these little gives to Jarvis Landry every week, but that wrinkle gives more running room for a guy like Nick Chubb. Um, so Chubb should be locked in, uh, in my opinion. The Broncos, over the last five weeks, have been fairly stingy to running backs, haven't allowed a touchdown either in the passing game or or in the uh, as a rusher. But they have allowed 350 yards. Jeff Wilson just rushed for you know 90 yards against them. Uh, Geo was able to rush for 82 on 12 carries. Um, James Conner had 95 total yards. Uh, you know, dating back before that, Melvin Gordon had 87 receiving yards and 69 rushing yards. Uh, they're not absolute world beaters there, and on the season they look much worse. They just haven't allowed, uh, you know, touchdowns at, at the same rate they did earlier in the season. I, I look for Chubb to get back, uh, and, and they might need to lean on him a little bit more uh, than they have been the last couple weeks. And, you know, his use as a receiver is also – you know, been great. Um, not much to complain about there. He's the number 13 running back on the season in standard scoring, and he's already got 16 receptions. Last week he had six targets, uh, which is a career high for him in his first year. So I look for Chubb to be an integral part of this offense. Um, the Broncos aren't going to put up points in bunches. Um, so, you know, I, I think Chubb's going to be able to – you know, have some game flow work his way where they're going to be riding him a lot. Um, you know, at, at wide receiver, I think it's Jarvis Landry. Um, nobody else there. I, I, you know, Higgins dropped some, you know, bunnies from Baker Mayfield, and he could have had a much bigger day uh, than he had, but I just don't think he's trustable right now. Uh, Antonio Callaway is a boom-bust type of wide receiver to begin with. Uh, I don't know if I really see that boom coming this week. Um, although the the Broncos are much more depleted, uh, you know, at cornerback than they have been in the past. Um, I, I just don't love any uh, of the other passing game weapons. But I do think, I mean, Njoku's just been so hit or miss at, at the tight end position. Um, but you know, seeing the success that Kittle was able to have last week, it, it gives you a lot of hope for Njoku uh, 
and you know you got to hope that more of these uh, targets start flowing his way. But you know the three for eight and three for thirty-five aren't going to win you a matchup. But you know tight end's so thin that he's right there in the back back end tight end one range. Yep, I noticed. I think you had him at nine or ten this week. Um, Cool, I like it. Uh, let's, but yeah, let's hope that Nyoku can uh, get it going like uh, Kittles did. That was something impressive last week. Uh, Denver Broncos side of the ball, um, coming off like that loss, like you said, um, to the 49ers. Uh, let's start with the, the, the cog, the best player now with uh, Sanders out for the season with the um, torn um, Achilles. Uh, sad news for him, it's a bummer for his owners, but Philip Lindsay, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, that hippie, I love that guy. Uh, what do you what are you seeing out of Lindsay in this matchup? Uh, and what can some of the other uh, players, Cortland, um, and or the other wide receivers now is what Tim Patrick and Desha- Deshaun Hamilton? Those guys are basically very similar. Are they both rookies? Um, I'll shut up. I'll let you kind of talk with and sit. What do you think is going to happen with Broncos? Is there anyone that you want to throw uh, into the mix uh, in a big week like week 15 from uh, that side of the ball besides Lindsay? I mean, Lindsay are definitely throwing in. Uh, you know, he had one of his worst games since really becoming more entrenched uh, in it, uh, but did find an end zone and he has uh, absolutely been killing finding the end zone as of late with, with six touchdowns rushing over his last four games. He also added, you know, showed he's still a pass catcher, seven targets, only came down with four uh, for 21 yards, but that can still be a big part of his game going forward. So, you know, with Royce Freeman, who, you know, was a vulture for a long time there, uh, really not I- impacting the box score anymore and not having a you know touchdown since week 11. It's Philip Lindsay as a bell cow. So you got to love that as a Philip Lindsay owner. Uh, Cortland Sutton ended up banged up in that game with a thigh contusion. Uh, it seemed to really affect his ability to separate. But now, you know, going up against Cleveland, who's likely to get Denzel Ward back from concussion, um, you know, dealing with that injury, uh, it's a little bit worrisome. I, I, I don't know if I can, you know, trot him out there. I, I think he is a back-end wide receiver three or flex play. Um, and he does possess some touchdown upside because he should have a big, you know, height and size advantage over Denzel Ward if that's who they decide to stick on him. Um, you know, the other two receivers – are sort of these possession slot types uh, that, that are going to get open quick and look to do damage after Yak. Um, you know, last week, uh, Tim Patrick and, you know, Deshaun Hamilton were, were both pretty successful. Uh, I, I just don't know what their upside is. So you're more looking at them as floor players. Uh, and, and their floor, you know, this week might not be that high. Um, Cleveland, you know, against wide receivers isn't all that, you know, great. And Cleveland does allow the ball to be moved against them, but they can also create pressure. Um, so, so it's a very confusing situation where I'm not really in love with any of the op- options. 
Cool. Let's go to the next uh, matchup. Uh, Packers at Bears. My dog, is, as I told you, is getting old and getting nuts. Um, so I'm going to let you kind of run on her. I'm going to try and just have her chill out and uh, keep saying the word podcast. Sometimes it makes her go to bed. Um, so Packers at the Bears. Uh, I'll be back on here in a minute after I give her some treats and try and get her uh, to chill out a little bit. She keeps barking. Um, Pack at Soldier Field, Chicago Bears. Get it going. I mean, the Packers, they had that great stunner in week one to come back against the Bears when it looked like Aaron Rodgers you know, might be out for the season and then came back uh, after halftime and really took it to them. You know, threw three touchdowns on 286 yards, no interceptions. Uh, Kaiser was a guy who did throw an interception in that game. Uh, And since then, the Bears have, you know, just taken the ball away at an extraordinary rate. Aaron Rodgers right now, though, just doesn't want to throw interceptions. So uh, if the Bears are getting pressure, it's more likely to lead to, you know, fumbles uh sacks for their defense i do think you're still playing that bears defense you don't want to get too cute in that area they've got you know eddie jackson who's you know taking it to the house they can score touchdowns uh, on both special teams and defense and, and they create enough sack opportunities um and the packers may need to throw uh, enough to not be completely um roughed up so you're locking the bears defense in but rogers i i do think's a back-end qb1 he just seems to own the chicago bears no matter you know how many times we talk differently about this um but he's got their number he's played against vic fangio a number of times the issue is you know his offensive line uh there was a number of players inactive in front of him last week um they were still able to, you know, play well. Um, I think you're sticking with Rodgers as a back-end QB1. Uh, in his last four games against Chicago, he's averaged 260 yards per 10 TDs and no interceptions. Um, in his career, he's got 45 touchdowns versus nine interceptions. Uh, he, he just does really, really good against the Bears. Um, Aaron Jones wasn't out there in week one. Uh, it was Jamal Williams. Uh, I do think, you know, they're going to need Aaron Jones to provide for some balance. Uh, he's got five games in a row uh, with the rush touchdown. He should be locked into lineups. Devontae Adams, his floor is so high. Um, in, in the Bears game earlier this season, he had seven catches for 81 yards and a TD. He's tied for the NFL lead with 12 touchdowns this season, um, receiving, you know, he's got three in a row uh, versus the Bears with the touchdown. Even if you think the matchup's bad, you're not uh, fading away from him. Randall Cobb demolished the Bears in week one. Nine catches for 142 yards and a touchdown. Um I, I don't think he's a reliable weapon, however. Uh, and then the rookie wide receivers uh, of Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and uh, Equanimous St. Brown uh, haven't much been heard from as of late. So I, I don't think those are guys you're too worried about. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham caught just two of his four targets for eight yards against the Bears. 
uh, in the Bears safety linebacker group have only improved since then. So, you know, Jimmy Graham's not a guy I'm very hopeful on starting. Um, that's about it for the Packers. Let's do it. Let's head over to uh, the Chicago Bears. And um, <clears throat> obviously Tr- Trubisky came back after a couple games out with the shoulder injury last week. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, for for him? And then, you know, go down the road with uh, all of our ho- sometimes weapons, sometimes not. But when you got Nagy calling the plays, it just looks like uh, it's one of the more innovative uh, offenses in football. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Trubisky can do and then pop over to the backfield? Um, Trubisky played like absolute poopy last week uh, against the Rams. Um, but the Packers just don't have the same disruptors uh, up front, and they've got you know guys who are beat up there, and Daniels, um, who it's going to be tight on him playing or not. Um, the corners for the Packers are young and have looked to improve through the course of the season, but you know the Bears in Week One they mixed in. You know, Jordan Howard had 82 rushing yards and just 15 carries. Tariq Cohen averaged five yards a carry. Mitchell Trubisky carried the ball seven times for 32 yards. Um, I think the run game like it was last week against Goff and the Rams is going to be a major component. But, you know, Jordan Howard needs to score to really hit value, Um you know, in that week one matchup, it looked like Howard was going to be more involved as a pass catcher. He caught five passes, um, you know, all five of them for 25 yards. That hasn't really happened since. Uh, so uh, I think it's going to be a focus on this short passing game and, and a mix of the run game. They're going to sort of use everybody and spread the ball around. Um, so, but I also don't see a real boom potential for Mitchell Trubisky out there um, against the Packers. I think their best hope of beating the Packers is sort of like we saw against Goff, ball control, get some turnovers. Um, but, you know, Allen Robinson's going to need to make some plays. Um, didn't he? I so, think he sat out of practice today with a hip injury, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, I thought I read a little bit at some point today, like Robinson's got a little, a little, little bit of a hip injury. I don't think it's anything to be he had a hip to. injury earlier in the season. Uh, he did miss today with practice. Um, Keep an eye on that. I don't think it's a big deal. It's probably precautionary. Um, but I, it was something I saw. I'm like, uh Oh, that's sweet. Right. When he's kind of getting in a nice flow in the offense, I want him, uh, um, we want him in there. We want him in there. He, he can jump the highest on Trubisky's overthrows. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm not really sold on playing any of the Bears, in all honesty, even though this looks like a, a fairly decent matchup for them. They're just so diverse, um, and it's tough to really believe in any one player. Uh, Howard you know, had 100 yards rushing. Had 100 scrimmage yards in that first game. Um, you know, if you need a safe, you know, seven or eight points without a lot of upside, I think Jordan Howard could do that for you. 
I, the guy I'm closest to playing though is, you know, Tariq Cohen. Um, he's he's just been a weapon in all phases of the game. So if I have to start any bear, it's going to be Tariq Cohen. Yeah. And also, I think with the Jordan Howard game in the first matchup they had in Week One, as you said, you know, had a great game, probably his best, you know, one of the best of the season. Uh, they it, it, Nagy had to get him involved because of all the offseason talk about how. Oh, how is he going to work in their system? And they, it seemed like the Bears and the coach staff was like trying to prove that he can pass, catch passes, and that he's going to work just fine in an Aggie offense. And it was like they almost went out of their way to uh, just make sure that um, that those those off season tales that they wove and spun were going to come true and be right. Um, I'm with you. Let's um, question for you when it comes to the Bears. Let's, if, do you think if the, and I, I know this sucks because you and I are both hate 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 the fact that we didn't and we're always talking about this, but if the Bears last year had drafted Mahomes, do you think the Bears would be the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year? I don't know, man. It, it's it's like would Patrick Mahomes be absolutely the same guy or, yeah. um, it, yeah, I'm gonna go with yes because but I don't know, if, I don't know if they make. I don't know if you make these other deals. If you see what you have in Patrick Mahomes last season, do you blow picks and, um, you know, blow all this money to get weapons around them? Or do you go the Packers route and just be like, Oh, well, this guy can get it done with anybody. Uh, so I like it. All right. It's moving things. Let's move on to the next game. And that's going to be the line for the bills. But before we do so, do us a favor and help us keep the lights on. All right. The Lions heading up over, eh, over. I think they're both about the same, uh, same, same spot uh, to Buffalo. Buffalo coming off that uh, game uh, last uh, kind of loss, but just, let's be honest. There's uh, some really wishful and great things happening there uh, uh, for the Bills fans right now. Not so much for Patricia and his Lions. Um, I, I don't know. I think we talked about this over our little text thread, the Mo Wheeler, me, you, Houdini thread, um, just the way Stafford's just got such dog shit uh, weapons. God damn it. Daisy Barkin again. Uh, run run down the Lions and uh, give us our thing. I'm going to go uh, shoot my dog and uh, with some tranquilizers. Um, yeah, the Lions are convoluted right now. The, the only guys I'm really looking out to are, you know, Kenny Galladay. Um, he's got 68 yards per game and a, and a one TD uh, against the AFC East, he's the team leader in receptions and receiving yards. Um, you know, but the Bills have absolutely been able to shut down opposing wide receivers. Um, of all sort of completions, the Buffalo Bills are just middle of the road um, in some categories, but then they're pretty damn dominant uh, against the pass. Um, you know, how, how they are able to shut down opposing wide receivers has been very good. You know, this season, they've been tough against opposing quarterbacks. Um, 
know, Buffalo has been pretty dominant uh, against opposing wide receivers over the last five weeks, four games for Buffalo that they've allowed just 337 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. Um, you know, the rest of the weapons are completely superfluous. You hope that on Johnson can come back, though. This should be a real nice game for him if he's able to get back and active. And Buffalo is bottom 10 against opposing running backs uh, over the last five weeks. Uh, and on the season, it, it's sort of much worse. So the real hope is that on Johnson can come back because this is prime for him. You're not starting Matthew Stafford. Um, I think there's a lot better options. Even if you did lose a a guy like Carson Wentz that you're maybe relying on, um, I think you could do better than Matthew Stafford on the waiver wire. I I love just a little side story uh, with one of my old buddies who I've been doing fantasy with since 88. Uh, in my oldest league, I'm having a shitty season. Uh, one of the one of the worst you can ever have. Um, the worst I've ever had in that league for sure. Um, and he's giving me some shit about it. And I texted him. I'm in another league with him, a keeper league. I texted him back after he like laid, he was laying on thick, which I think is great. I rip on more people than anyone else in the league, so I I kind of like getting it back. But I'm like after he like. Text and text to the thread. Another one, another one. I texted him like, "You took Matthew Stafford three picks before I took uh, Patrick Mahomes in the twelfth round. My keeper next year for in the tenth round. That shut him <laughs> up. <laughs> That'll shut you up. Way to take Stafford over Mahomes in a keeper league in the twelfth round. Oh God, I love it. That shut the hell out of him up. But yeah, Stafford, you can do better on the waiver wire. I mean. Houdini's piece, pickup piece that he does every week. I mean, right now, like, I'd rather have Mullins than than Stafford by a mile. Yeah, I'll disagree. Um, that's it. You're you're really only hoping that Carryon Johnson comes back because he's the best play. You're probably riding Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver three based on volume alone. Um, if you have better options, even over Kenny Galladay, I'm I'm willing to talk about him this week though. Flipping over to the Bills. Just don't tell him to Mo. Mo's self-admittedly, he's like, I'm going down with the Galladay ship, and I keep being like, dude, the team's bad. Stop. He's like, I just, he's such a good player. I'm like, it's not about that. We get it. Um, he loves him. He loves him some Galladay. Uh, cool. Let's go over to the Bills side. Uh, what are you seeing, obviously, other than Josh Allen? Uh, is the second best, uh, or maybe third, fourth best uh, rushing rookie uh, from last year's draft. Guy's a friggin' running back. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for him, the Detroit Lions have allowed just 62 rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks on the season. Wow. It, it, by far the lowest in the league. Um, you know, they held Dak Prescott to three carries for two yards. Um, you know, the scrambler that is Aaron Rodgers, three for 10. Uh, Russell Wilson, two for 15. Mitch Trubisky, three for 18, but he did find the end zone. Cam Newton, two for two. Um, notorious scrambler, uh, Chase Daniel, four for four. Um, so they've just been really, really good at stopping opposing rushers. So I think they're going to make. Um, you know, 
make them do it a different way. I, I think they're going to run a lot of zone coverage and just, you know, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him at all times. So I, I think they're going to make him beat him with their arm. And uh, I'm just not sure if he's ready to do that. Um, so I'm not going to be as high on uh, Josh Allen as others, but, you know, his last three games look awfully similar to Lamar Jackson's last four games. So if you're all in on the Lamar Jackson hype, you should be in on the, you know, Josh Allen hype as a rusher because they're remarkably similar statistically in that way. Um, I'm just, I'm fading on Lamar a little bit too. Um, you know, he's got to he's got to get some passing touchdowns and some like you want that two hundred yards you were getting from Tyrod Taylor, plus your fifty or sixty rushing yards to really be hitting your stride, and you're just not getting that from uh, these guys right now. Josh Allen, you know, did have you know has had a stretch of nice games, but um, I'm gonna be a little rushing last week, two hundred yards passing. Yeah, I'm with you. What what about this backfield? LaShawn McCoy, Chris Ivory, uh, and then no. it looks like a pretty brutal for you know playoff uh, your hopes. The wide receiver crew, um, I think you got to fade them all. But what are, what are your thoughts? Anything worth uh, worth uh, giving hope for with McCoy and Ivory? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, McCoy is all but disappeared. Um, I think he's even dealing with some injuries. Um, that are keeping him down. And, you know, Chris Ivory, um, you know, LaShawn McCoy has got an injury. He's got got a hamstring injury. They signed uh, an RB this week. Uh, So they might be done with LaShawn McCoy for the year. You know, saddle him up. Um, uh, Let's see. So... You know, maybe you're stuck with Ivory on volume, but, you know, since the Packers have acquired, you know, Snacks Harrison, they're they're a different team uh, against opposing running backs. Um, you know, over the last five weeks, uh, Detroit has been, you know, much more effective uh, against opposing runners. Um, and, and they're allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points against opposing runners over that span. Um, it, it's a tough matchup for Ivory, um, and I just don't think he's ball busters good that you have to play him. Um, Foster, you're not playing. Zay Jones has had some moments, but um, do you like him? And then Isaiah McKenzie, you can't really think about. I mean, that. Zay Jones is probably going to play on the outside, uh, which means he's going to see a lot of Darius Slay. Uh, which is scary, um, you know, for a not great player. He had a lot of volume last week, didn't get much done. Um, he's not somebody I can trust in the fantasy playoffs. I just, I'm, I'm trusting the offenses we know are good. I'm not going to take a chance on uh, uh, below average offense, even in a, you know, slightly better matchup. Smart moves. Um, that's a good uh, recipe for winning, especially this year. Um, Kenny, that Galladay, we were talking about him up uh, kind of nearing. He, he's probably going to get 1,000 yards in the season. 
Uh, he's got 859 uh, touch, uh, receiving yards right now. I could see him hitting that uh, that thousand yard mark. That'd be. Uh, I hope he does. Um, let's go over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to be at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, what do you? Uh, what, where, where do you start here? I guess it's uh, Winston, Evans, Brate, and um, Humphreys, pretty much. And then sometimes you sprinkle in a Godwin. What are you, What are your thoughts in this matchup? Uh, I mean, the Ravens' defense is is is, is one of the few um, brick walls uh, across the board um, in the league. I mean, they pretty much you, you play your players against them, um, and it's it, it's a different story than when they play up against most other defenses. What are your thoughts? Uh, what can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do best? Is it still the tight end position and Cameron Braid in this situation, or what are you seeing? Yeah, I, I'm not in love with any of these, but this is one of those offenses that have moved the football, you know, all season long. Um, so I'm not going to be completely off of Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm probably going to completely avoid the running backs. Um, Baltimore is still pretty lousy against opposing tight ends. So, Cameron Brait is in the best spot, um, and they the Ravens, 33% of the 18 touchdown passes they've allowed this season have gone to the tight end position. I like Brait, you know, in that red zone role. Um, you know, what he's been doing in the red zone role the last couple weeks has been great. Um, I don't see that really changing, so I, I like Brait. Uh, Winston's been remarkably consistent as of late. You know, he's got, uh, what, four straight games uh, with two-plus touchdown passes. He's been better at taking care of the ball. Um, He's also adding it as a rusher. Um, He's got more rushing yards over the last five weeks than Cam Newton. Um, He's taking care of the ball and just – uh, when nothing's there, he's trying to get out of the pocket and pick up some yards. And it looked like he, you know, has learned a couple lessons. But they've also railed him in uh, a bit. You know, the deep shots haven't been as prevalent. Um, you know, Chris Godwin last week uh, was targeted a ton. Came down with just one pass, but it was the only catchable pass or the only one deemed catchable. Um, so, you know, you can't entirely blame it on him. I, I doubt they're going to bring Deshaun Jackson back. I think they want to see what they have in this trio of Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin, you know, and Mike Evans, especially with Humphreys approaching free agency uh, this offseason. I, I think they really need to see if that's a trio they can go with going forward. Um, you know, Jameis, I will I'm not going to completely fade him against the Ravens, but he's not like a locked in top six or seven play like he has been the last few weeks. I think he's more of a middle of the road QB two. Um, you know, I think you're locking in Evans though. Um, Humphreys is a, a guy in the slot. I really like uh, probably the best way to attack the Ravens. We talk about the tight end position. You could also do that with your slot receiver. So uh, I do think Humphreys is going to be in wide receiver three consideration. Yeah, Evan Silva tweeted out uh, something a little bit ago um, in regards to uh, Adam Humphreys. Uh, Evan's tweet, 
Buck Abbott leads the team in targets the last three weeks. On season tied for Mike Evans for most targets from Jameis Winston with 54. On season leads team in catches on passes from Jameis Winston, 37. Is second on the team in yards from Winston, second on the team in TDs from Winston. So basically what he's saying there, Winston's playing, and that means it's a Humphreys game. Uh which uh, is, is, is strong. And I think uh, maybe because this defense is stout, uh, you get the slot guy and maybe get some stuff done. So, all right. I like, your, I like, I like the breakdown there. Let's, uh, let's move over to the Ravens side. You talked for a minute about Lamar Jackson. Let's start with him. Uh, looks like uh, John Harbaugh has made the decision for the rest of the season to uh, run with Lamar Jackson. Uh, now that we know the Flacco is healthy enough to play, and he's not getting the starting role. Um, is Flacco's days as a starting quarterback um, for the Ravens over? Is he going to start rustling some situations and saying he wants to get out of there as a result? Um, how does this go down? Um, and then tell me a little bit about some of the uh, the backfield that's kind of had a few different players. Dixon's kind of hot at this point. Uh, we know that Gus Edwards has been uh, playing at a, at a high level over the course of the last three, four weeks. Uh, but start with the uh, Lamar Jackson um, and Flacco situation, then Lamar Jackson this week situation. I mean, right now, Joe Flacco is healthy, and Lamar Jackson is still the starter. So that means Joe Flacco has been benched for Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't really know. What we need to talk more about there. I think we're pretty much um, on the same page um, going forward. Lamar Jackson has been incredibly consistent, uh, but he hasn't had that big boom game like Josh Allen has provided. Josh Allen's been a top five QB multiple times. Lamar Jackson has a, a top 11 to 15 finish in each of his last four weeks. Um, so he's not going to bust um, because of that rushing floor, but we just don't know if he has, you know, top 10, top five quarterback stats, weak winner type quarterback stats uh, for you right now uh, against the Baltimore, uh, uh, not against Baltimore, against Tampa Bay, however, um, they're one of the worst defenses in the league, even though they've been better you know, over the last five weeks when their sort of offense hasn't been turning it over as much, hasn't been putting them in as bad of spots, um, but they're, they're still middling. Um, so I don't think you can completely write off that this could be Lamar Jackson's, you know, blow up week. Um, so I think if you own Lamar Jackson, you know, you were probably streaming and you've stuck with them. The floor is there. We've got to see the ceiling. So it depends what your team needs this week. Um, you know, Gus Edwards was okay. Um, in, in his last couple at home, he's rushed for 115 plus yards. He's still not catching footballs. Um you know, Kenneth Dixon came in and had 59 rushing yards last week uh, and a rush TD. He's got two rushing touchdowns in his last three games. So, you know, I still think they want to know what Kenneth Dixon is. So 
you know, it makes it tough for Gus Edwards. He needs that major, major volume because he's not an overly dynamic player. He needs that major volume to get over 100 yards, or he needs that touchdown to have a few fantasy day. Um, as for the receivers, we've talked about it. You know, Willie Sneed is providing a decent floor, uh, but not much else. There's no ceiling with him. John Brown had a touchdown catch um, last week. It was really all he got done. Mark Andrews uh, has been pretty good, um, and he leads all rookies now with 384 receiving yards. Uh, better pick than Hayden Hurst, but you know, there's not many people I want to start on this offense. Lamar uh, Gus Edwards, you know, is in the RB two or flex range. Lamar Jackson's the guy I'm most likely to start. All right. Good stuff. All right, let's go to the Cardinals at the Falcons. Um, we'll start with the visiting team in the Cardinals. Josh Rosen uh, had a nice week uh, last week with a set of career high of 26 um, uh, passes uh, completed. And, um, you know, against Atlanta, it doesn't feel like uh, – their defense is is, is letting letting every everybody get it done against them. It seems uh, unbelievable to look and see that the Cardinals of three at ten are one game behind the Atlanta Falcons, two years removed by uh, a Super Bowl that they should have won against the Patriots at four and nine. Uh, probably a lot of shakeup happening. Do you think Quinn is going to save his job in this situation, or is there going to be some turnover happening after this uh, just awful situation? Um, I, I think Dan Quinn's going to be all right. Uh, I don't think right now is the time you want to do that with all the injuries. You know, they've sort of battled through this year and how their defense just got depleted pretty much early in the season, taking out you know core player after core player after core player. Um, Sarkeesian, you know, he's, he's going to be the sacrificial lamb. I, I don't know if you look at. You know, Matt Ryan's statistics or how this offense has functioned, you can't really be too concerned on that side of the football. It was just health on defense. And, you know, they were putting up points for a majority of the season. Um, and then I, I think over the last couple of weeks, they realized, all right, we can't stop a motherfucker. So let's, you know, maybe rein it in a bit here. Uh, is that the high score over? Is that they can't stop anybody? Can they stop the Cardinals, or are you liking what the Rosen Cardinals stopped themselves, there? man? Like J- Josh Rosen's high game this season is seventeen point three fantasy points uh, against San Francisco in Week Eight. You know, since then he's had one game over double digit fantasy points. He completed, wow, he completed a career-high 26 passes last week. They went for 240 yards, like under six yards per attempt. This offense just isn't any good. Um, I don't want anything to do with any part of the passing game. Um, That includes, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. We talked about how he was just being, you know, floated by – Touchdown numbers, he, he was in a great spot last week. Uh, didn't really work out for him. But, you know, over the last couple of weeks, not he had nine targets, 
you know, five fifty-five, three for forty-eight. So maybe he's going to give you a, uh, you know, five or six catch for sixty yards and maybe a touchdown. Like that might be his ceiling at this point. You know, with Josh Rosen at the helm, and it's just not that exciting. Um, you know, even going up against Atlanta, it's hard to count on Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, looking at the tight end position, um, you know, Ricky Seals Jones shown flashes, but nothing consistent. Jermaine Gresham, you know, we know he's nothing special at this point. Um, you know, the best way to attack the Atlanta Falcons is with David Johnson in the passing game. So they have to be willing to use David Jackson as uh, David Johnson as a receiver, because that's absolutely the best way to attack Atlanta. They've allowed the second most fantasy points. Uh, uh, they've allowed the second most receptions to opposing running backs on the season. Um, you know, they just get it done. I mean, David Johnson had eight catches last week, although they just went for 12 yards. Um uh, 10 targets. I, I think those, you know, 10 targets might turn into something a little bit better this year or this week. Um, so yeah, David Johnson and no one. There you go. All right, let's move over to the Falcon side. <clears throat> As you said, Matt Ryan getting the offense kind of getting done already over 4,000 yards on the season. Uh, kind of hard to believe that Julio Jones, the who leads the NFL in receiving yards uh, with 1,429 yards. It feels like when Matt Jones has 4,000, I almost feel like it feels like Jones should have more than 1,429. But um, what do you think? Uh, the, a lot of people are picking up um, uh, Devontae Freeman because of news that they might not, he might not be done for the year. Is there any way in a million years Devontae Freeman suits up and plays in this game, or are they talking more for week uh, 16 and beyond? I mean, Devonta Freeman come back right now when you're four and ten, and he's been a guy who's you know battled through injury. Um, you know, I'm definitely not going to count on that at all. Um, no, I, I I can't see picking up Devonta Freeman and trusting that uh, down the stretch. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, he's been pretty good. You know, the last couple games, it's been slower for him, but he's QB3 on the season. Uh, he's already got 4,075 yards passing and 26 or 28 touchdown passes to six interceptions. Um, you know, he's having arguably just as good of a year as, you know, uh, the Super Bowl year. The team just hasn't had the results around him. Uh, against Green Bay last week, completed 67% of his passes for 267, uh, 262 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, it just hasn't been enough to get it done, uh, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, outside of a, a real letdown in, in Baltimore, where he scored just 7.6 points, he's been you know, remarkably consistent. He's shown big upside. They've got players who can catch the football at every single position. So I look forward to seeing, you know, Matt Ryan try to play against the Arizona Cardinals in a 
know, fairly tough defense. The Cardinals are you know, pretty balanced across the board with how they allow receptions and receiving yards to, to opponents. Um, you know, they've still got Patrick Peterson um, and guys who can defend against the past and, you know, Chandler Jones can get after the quarterback still. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a tough task for uh, Atlanta, but, you know, you're locking in Julio Jones. Uh, I, I think if you've been riding with Austin Hooper, he's a guy you're going to rely on uh, in a, you know, mediocre matchup. There's nothing that's really going to steer you away from him. Uh, and, and Hooper's just been one of the best pa- uh, pass catchers uh, in, in terms of percentage-wise. Caught 64 of 79 targets um, uh, on the season for 557 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he's a back-end tight end one week in and week out. Uh, and, and, you know, Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu, that, that's where it sort of gets a little difficult. Uh, Sanu has been, you know, down for a while, but then last week, you know, had eight targets, caught six for 54. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley, you know, maybe hitting a rookie wall, whatever bullshit narrative you want to come up with. But it, it's just, you know, two weeks removed from a 13 target eight catch for 93 yard performance against new Orleans, you know, where they use Marshawn Lattimore on Julio. So maybe you see a little bit of going to the secondary wide receivers more with Patrick Peterson following Julio around. Got it. All right. Anything to say about Coleman? Uh... I feel sort of the same way about Coleman as I do about Jordan Howard. Uh, you know, he's going to get you 80 or so scrimmage yards. Um, needs a touchdown to really have a really nice fantasy day. Um, I, I think it's been a fairly disappointing season for him. Uh, when all is said and done, you know, the touchdowns haven't come in a big way. And he hasn't, you know, made huge progress as a receiver. Um you know, he, he just needs that touchdown, and he hasn't found the end zone as, as a rusher since week seven, and, and he hasn't as a receiver since week twelve. So, I'm, I'm, he's like, he, he's a floor flex play. Got it. Let's move on to the next game. Um, let's cruise through this one a little bit. Nothing, uh, you know, probably two, three players that can be. Uh, rostered <clears throat> across the board, across two teams, four players probably. Um, so let's cruise through this one and get caught up a little bit in our goal to keep this uh, these 16 games um, in and around about two hours. Um, <clears throat> go Heading over to the Raiders, big news with them right now is uh, they don't have uh, a lease signed uh, anywhere in 2019. Uh, they did not, you know, they got one season before they're uh, going to be able to play in Las Vegas. And right now they haven't signed uh, a deal with the, um, you know, the Oakland uh, Coliseum. Uh, a tweet we've got from Sam Farmer uh, from the L.A. Times. Raiders owner Mark Davis said he'd like to stay put next season, but the team has all sorts of options regarding where to play. Didn't rule out San Diego. Didn't rule out anything, really, except San Antonio. Uh, <clears throat> man, that's interesting. 
let's go. They obviously fired their GM uh, earlier in the week, giving complete control to John Gruden, for better or worse. Um, let's talk about this game against the uh, Bengals. Raiders are heading over to Paul Brown Stadium. What do you what do you see from the Raiders side of the ball? Anyone worth starting um, other than Jared Cook at this point? Yeah, I think you could look at Doug Martin as a pretty interesting RB two or flex play. Uh, Cincinnati's been you know just bad, bad, bad uh, on defense. Their linebackers have been getting beaten up, uh, and I do think they'll be able to stay in the game. Uh, uh, enough against Jeff Driscoll and company that, you know, they're not going to need to go with a ton of Jalen Richard like they have, uh, uh, like they have, you know, in past weeks where they've sort of been housed. Um, so, um, yeah, I think you could start Doug Martin at wide receiver. You know, not much to speak of. You're not starting Derek Carr, David Carr, whichever car. Start the car uh, you want. Um, you're just not doing it, even in a pretty pristine matchup. They just don't have, you know, the playmakers on the outside that are going to make him, you know, a, a dangerous fantasy play. It really helped them if they had a guy like Amari Cooper or something. Um, yeah. yeah, it does seem like it might have been pretty beneficial for everyone involved. You know what also helped their defense? A guy like Cleo Mack. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think you can look at Doug Martin as an interesting flex to play. Uh, you know, let's move on. I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to say anything on the Bengals. Roll through. Mixon, I know you got us a top 10 running back uh, this week. I guess Tyler Boyd is uh, in play as a potential guy. Maybe, maybe not. We know A.J. Green <clears throat> done for the season. And who even knows, really, who some of these other players are, especially their quarterback. Do your thing, Stag Party. Let's breeze through the Bengals. Uh, then give us a, um, a little time for our, uh, our advertisers, and then we'll get into the next matchup, the Titans at the Giants. Damn, I just got to do fucking everything around here, huh? <laughs> one, one, one of the more so lazy at this point. I just want, I just want you to cruise through. <laughs> one of the more interesting plays here is probably C.J. Uzoma uh, going up against the Oakland Raiders. Over the last five weeks, they've allowed 451 receiving yards. Uh, two opposing tight ends, which is the highest number in the league. In that span, they've allowed three receiving touchdowns. Uh, Uzoma's not, you know, he might be on some waiver wires and is an interesting sort of plug-and-play tight end if you need one. Now he's the 21st tight end on the season. Uh, last week he caught three for 37. The week before that, uh, five of seven targets for 33 in the week before that. He had 13 targets uh, against Cleveland. You know, Cleveland plays, you know, defense in a way that's pretty similar to Oakland. Um, so, so you could see Uzoma having a pretty nice game here. Um, talking about the other guys, uh, Mixon's pretty much locked in. Whether they decide to stick with them completely, that's that's a completely different story. 
Um, you know, he's on pace for his first thousand yard season is averaging 4.8 yards per rush has six rushing touchdowns still isn't as involved uh, in the passing game as you'd like, but he did have six targets last week, two weeks before that he had seven targets and caught seven passes. So, so it looks to be trending upwards in some ways there. They've just got to stick with Joe Mixon. He's their best offensive weapon. Uh, and most versatile at this time. You know, Tyler Boyd, um, you know, the Raiders, you know, according to DVOA, are, are real tough against number one wide receivers. But with how you play Tyler Boyd and move him around um, the formation and, you know, play him a lot in the slot, uh, you know, he's definitely worth consideration. Uh, his low game in standard leagues is 2.7 fantasy points, uh, which came in week seven since then, 19.6, 6 6.5, 7.1, 14.5, 9.7, 5.2. Um, and if you look in PPR, uh, those numbers all look better with basically uh, an eight or a nine point floor, but also some of that touchdown upside. Um, he's got six touchdowns on the season. With his first catch, he should surpass a thousand yards on the season, which is going to be, you know, great for him. Um, you know, a- a- as he continues to progress. Uh, that's all I got on the Bengals. So let's take a minute and listen to our sponsors. Tighten up. Tennis- yeah. <laughs> thanks for thanks for doing all that work. Uh, I'm actually just staying hard. I'm just gonna shut down. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna. I gotta get caught up on Daredevil on Netflix. Just uh, <laughs> handle the rest of the show. Um, love you, buddy. You're. <laughs> um, let's get to the Titans, who are gonna be at the New York. I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. I have done a podcast alone once, I think, over the years, and it was the worst thing ever, and I super prepped for it. And it was just god-awful. I don't know how. It's just not my thing, man. I Some people how, are really good at them, but it's just not my thing. I need that conversational style. It's yeah. where I fit in. I know. Um, Mo, Mo used to do the light a lot, where he'd just be solo, and you're just like, what is this guy doing? Is this, is this what it's like to be in prison? Like you're just talking, <laughs> talking about fantasy football. Um, did a great job though. It was actually compelling. I can't do it. And uh, as you say, you're, you're not great at it either. Who would be? Um, okay. Tennessee Titans um, heading over to New York. What are your thoughts uh, with Mariota and, um, and this team? Is Derek Henry going to have back-to-back 200-yard, four-touchdown games? Is there going to be a lot of fool's gold? People probably going to be slotted in a lot of lineups because he's been sitting on these teams, or if he wasn't, he got picked up and you got to play him. Uh, give us the goo on, uh, on the Titans in this situation, in this matchup. I mean, I don't think you could rely on Marcus Mariota at this point. Um, you know, Tajay Sharp, fringe player, not even on rosters, probably most of the cases. Um, you know, you know, they're now at their third tight end on the season and Anthony Frisker, um, Frisker, I don't know, you know, another Harvard guy who's an athlete, but I don't think that's uber trustable. Um, 
So you really look at Corey Davis and you look at, uh, you know, Derrick Henry, because after that performance, you know, they, you got to think they're going to ride this guy a little bit more. Um, Deion Lewis, you know, had 10 rushes last week, but ended up with just 13 yards, but he did catch five passes for 39. Um you know, but we, we haven't really seen – we haven't seen a score from Deion Lewis since week nine. Um, when they've been in the red zone, it's been Derrick Henry who's uh, been the guy. Um, you know, we saw that last week, even when he was trying to, you know, get Deion Lewis a tutty. Um, you know, Derrick Henry had to come back in, but uh, it just didn't work out. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry's got as many touchdowns when you look at it as – uh, at rushing that this is, is his counterpart in this game, Saquon Barkley. He nine touchdowns. Uh, Eric Henry, uh, that, that would surprise a lot of people, even myself, who has him on, as my keeper in the lineup. I, I look at that and I'm like, that guy's nine touchdowns? Hard to believe. I guess a poor gamer could bump, bump that up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I think Derek Henry is an RB2 here, you know, uh, against the Giants, they used to be pretty tough to run on with Snacks Harrison. That's just not really true I- anymore. Uh, you could have success there. Um, the Giants, uh, over the last five weeks, have allowed the 12th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Um, you know, um, I-, I think you can roll with Henry as an RB2. Um, Adrian Peterson rushed for 149 yards against him in week eight. Uh, Peyton Barber rushed for 106 yards uh, and a touchdown. Josh Adams rushed for 84 yards and a touchdown. You know, Jordan Howard, despite not finding the end zone, rushed for 76 yards. Uh, They did do a much better job of you know, bottling up Adrian Peterson last time around in week 14. But, you know, Mark Sanchez was playing quarterback. Like, I, I think you know what your keys are there a, a lot more than you will uh, against Tennessee. So I think you could pretty comfortably rule out Derrick Henry in this one. Um, he he does have a bust chance, Absolutely. But we, we saw the blow-up chance, and, you know, the opportunities in the red zone have started to come a little bit more often. And usually, you know, they're giving them – if they're giving them the ball on the one-yard line, two-yard line, Derrick Henry is likely to score some touchdowns. Um, you know, Corey Davis had himself an opportunity for a touchdown that went through his hands last week. Um, but, you know – Altogether, he's having a pretty nice season with 54 receptions, 765 yards, four touchdowns, also being used here and there as a rusher with 54 rushing yards on five carries. Um, You know, uh, Davis might be needed a little bit more in this one. They should be able to put up some points. Um, and, and that's when he's been able to have successes when they've got gotten the ball to him early and often. Um, he's got four 10 target games on the season. I, I could see them, you know, feeding him 
against the Giants, who are, are a little bit banged up at corner and you know don't have a ton of depth there, and they're you know the talent level of corner is just not all that great. So uh, I, I'm all right with Corey Davis. Cool. Um, let's move over to Giants side of the ball. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, is, is Beckham going to play? He sat out the last game. Um, are they going to keep sitting him out, or they just needed him to sit down one and he's, he's back in? I haven't really kept up on that one. Well, it was sort of a surprise inactive when he didn't travel with the team um, last week. Um, so I, I do think he's going to be out there. I, I think that was another, what, thigh contusion or um, quad contusion maybe. Um, I, I think he's going to be out there. Uh, and if so, I, I think you're rolling with him against Tennessee. They've been, you know, penchant for allowing big pass plays. Uh, Malcolm Butler has started to play better, but, you know, Tennessee, um, you know, still allows some deep balls. So I really like uh, what he'll be able to do if he's out there, um, you know, the rest of the guys, you know, Saquon's in the lineup. Um, you know, if Beckham's out, I, I do think Sterling Shepard's, you know, worth some consideration. Uh, if not, you know, Tennessee, you know, going back to Odell, they allowed, you know, seven catches for 88 yards um, and a touchdown to DD last week. Um you know, they, they've done okay in some games, but then they've gotten torched for 155 yards and two touchdowns against T.Y. Hilton, allowed Julian Edelman to catch nine passes for 104 yards. Uh, it's a real mixed bag uh, for the Tennessee Titans. So I look forward to a guy like Odell Beckham, you know, the one commonality in, uh, in the guys who are having big games against him is speed to burn. So I think they're going to design up some deep shots for him. Love it. All right. Um, Saquon, uh, Eli, you're not, you're not starting Eli. Um, Saquon's locked in, into your lineup. No question about it. Guy's a beast. See what number two running back right now um, in fantasy uh, on the season. Um I think we can move on from this game. Evan Ingram, is he someone that you're you're liking? Did you mention him? I'm sorry. Non-trustable asset right now. Non-trustable. Important. Too important to fuck dick it up by giving Evan Ingram a shot to dick it up for you. <clears throat> All right, let's move on. Keep an eye on whether Odell's playing or not. If he is, Stag Party likes him and get, try and get him some long balls. Um, <clears throat> let's go to the next matchup. This is going to be – God, this is so stupid. Look at how many games – there is – how many games there are early on Sunday. I did not understand how they can't figure this fucking out. There's two afternoon games. And they're not even – I guess that Patriots-Steelers game is pretty fucking badass. Um, but, yeah, let's go on. Dolphins at the Vikings. Um, obviously coming off the mile-high miracle – or sorry, the uh, Miami miracle – uh, Miami's riding high, looking like uh, our, our guy Kenyon Drake. Um, 
putting up some stats over the last couple of weeks that are putting him into uh, looking like a better pick on the year than we would have said five weeks ago. Um, buddy of mine, uh, actually on the, the mile was playing against Drake and he was, he had a bottom dwelling team, but in this league, if you're, we have a, you know, we have a, a, a garbage bowl. So if you, the last, the bottom two teams have to play each other, um, and the, the losing team has to add another 250 into our pot. And our, my buddy Mo had the thing won. And then the fucking mile high, the, the, I mean, the Miami miracle happened, and now he's in the garbage hole. <laughs> it sucks. Oh, he's so close. He's like, he's, he's the biggest complainer in the world, too. Like, every, I played him and I beat him, and like, he texts me the whole time, every score. Like, I, I think I mentioned this when you guys were here uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, I felt guilty. Like, by the end of it, I'm like winning. I should be excited. And like, like, instead, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm like consoling him. But it's pretty funny, dude. He's, he's in the garbage bowl now because of the Miami miracle. Uh, what do you got on this game? Um, is Tannehill playing or did he bang himself up again? Um, and then just do your thing on, on these guys. seems like it's kind of a carousel of who's in, who's out, uh, who's going to get some points. Last week, Kenny Stills rose from the dead. Um, a lot of untrustworthy assets, uh, as you would say. Um. So Tannehill, to start with, has an ankle injury, uh, low ankle sprain, according to Pro Football Doc. Uh, so usually that's, um, you know, limited in practice, could be out there, uh, you know, Sunday, more likely than not to play Sunday. Um, so I don't think you're too worried about Ryan Tannehill, but I don't think you're starting him personally, but you care more for the weapons. Um Kenny Stills should absolutely be in consideration, but, you know, he's going to see a a tough Minnesota Vikings and, you know, likely to see a lot of Xavier Rhodes when lined up on the outside. When he's lined up on the inside, uh, he might see a little bit of uh, plus coverage, but I I don't think you can completely trust him uh, this week. So you're looking at Frank Gore, um, who's averaging 4.7 yards a carry, who's been carrying it uh, and carrying it, not scoring touchdowns. Uh, Kenyon Drake, um, you know, besides the lateral touchdown, really didn't get too much uh, done. And, you know, over the last handful of games, you know, since week eight, Kenyon Drake has you know, touched the ball seven times, 10 times, 13 times, uh, uh, nine times, and seven times. It's just not consistent enough with Kenyon Drake, and he's not getting enough opportunities. He's being relegated to a a change of pace back. Uh, It's very, very worrisome if you're starting him as anything more than a flex to rely on his production. Um because it's very, very limited opportunities. Miami's not running a ton of plays again, who would have figured. Um, and overall, the opportunities just aren't there in a major way to pick up counting stats, and that's very worrisome, especially when you know Frank Gore is sort of the lead back, getting you know 12 to 15 uh, touches on a weekly basis. And, you know, he's got uh, – we, we, 
his low game over since that week eight we talk about is an eight carry one catch performance against Buffalo. But every other week than that, it's been, you know, double digits into the twenties touches for Frank Gore, despite, you know, not being the more dynamic player. I think they're doing themselves a disservice by doing it this way, but what do I fucking know? What do I know? Let's go over to the Vikings side, unless you got anything else you want <clears throat> from the um, Dolphins. Uh, Vikings, obviously, uh, you know, the, the three-year, what, $84 million that uh, Cousins uh, gambled on himself for. Uh, hasn't looked <clears throat> great over the last couple few weeks in some big games. Um, I think uh, everything's going to be fine there. But... For fantasy owners, Cousins is not um, hasn't been great. It's been some tough matchups. But what do you think about uh, in this one for Cousins? And then obviously, you know, Dalvin Cook back in full effect now. And what's going on with these wide receivers? Give us the uh, the stag party rundown. I mean, Xavier Howard missed last week uh, for Miami. Uh, it's unknown if he's going to be back last week, but it allowed a, a lot of the Patriots guys to feast and Julian Edelman caught nine for 86 and a touchdown. Uh, Josh Gordon caught five for 96. Um, Cordero Patterson caught two for 51 and a touchdown. You know, Rob Gronkowski caught eight for 91 and a touchdown. You know, the Patriots were able to do whatever they wanted on offense. Uh, and that's something I could continue seeing. Um, Now, Adam Thielen should have a bounce-back game here playing in the slot, likely to avoid Xavier Howard even if he does play. You know, Stephon Diggs being on the outside be the guy who'd be more affected by that, likely to see shadow coverage uh, on a majority of his snaps if he's out there. Um, I I think they're going to try and stick Minka Fitzpatrick on Adam Thielen if – you know, Xavier Howard's healthy and just try to play your two best cover players against their two best pass catchers, uh, which may, you know, lead to some openings for other guys, but they're not trustable fantasy assets. And that includes Kyle Rudolph, but you know, this change in offensive coordinator, um, it's a little bit worrisome for the passing game volume. Um, you know, we saw Mike Zimmer's team have success with the most, rushing attempts last year. They might try to get Dalvin Cook much more involved in the game. Um, you know, and against Miami, that's not a bad uh, play there. You know, Miami uh, against running backs is allowing, um, you know, on the season, they've allowed 10 rushing touchdowns, 1,471 yard rushing yards, which is over 100 rushing yards a game to running backs, and they've allowed 642 uh, receiving yards. So these guys should really be able to feast. Um, And Dalvin Cook might have his best game of the year here. I absolutely think he's a trustable asset and a borderline, you know, top 12, uh, you know, running back this week. And I do think there's a chance that they use him a bunch in the receiving game. It seems like it would suck to play for Mike Zimmer. The way kickers just fold when they're playing for him. Um, he just – I like him as a coach. I know he's a, 
a hard nose kind of no no messing around type of guy, but he seems like he would suck to play for. Let's uh, yeah. anything else anything else you got on Diggs? Um, and as far as Rudolph goes, um, <clears throat> just for these matchups, but I agree, it's a great point. Um, you know, the offensive coordinator just got canned, uh, and now you're 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 changing it up. That's never a good thing. Um, for any offense. And I think, you know, Cousins in his first year here, uh, not that I think they're going to, you know, change everything too much overnight, but, um, you know, it's a little unsettling for, for him and just kind of getting getting his feet and bearing straight within this offense and this scheme uh, from the get-go. And now all of a sudden there's a little bit of a reset. Yeah, I mean – I think Diggs is absolutely locked into your lineup, no matter what the cornerback matchup is. Um, you know, Rudolph discussed. I don't think he's trustable right now. All right. Let's go to our next game, which is going to be the Redskins against the Jaguars. Again, this is our 50th game and it's happening in the afternoon. Um, on Sunday, Josh Johnson. So Mark Sanchez, what, he lead the team in the first half last week to 13 yards or something? Um, and then they were like, they put in Josh Johnson, and he, he looked like, uh, um, he looked like, you know. Josh Johnson was the QB3 last week. QB3. So did they actually play a, a QB2? Did they play someone no. for him? No, he was the fantasy QB3 last week. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Yeah, he came in all of a sudden. Literally, Sanchez, I think, at 13 yards on, like, a lot of drives. Um, And then he comes – Josh Johnson comes in and looks like he's the – he's Joey Holloway from uh, friggin' the good old uh, Oklahoma days. Uh, Changing the offensive style. And, you know, from the news I'm hearing this week is they're going to be doing a lot of more RPO, a lot more of – um, a lot more action to get the most out of Josh Johnson. What do you think as far as the streaming for him um, and then for the rest of the characters in this team? Obviously, I think we can kind of bruise, breeze through the Redskins. Jaguars still a solid defense, and uh, Redskins have just uh, – it's been a sad year for them. I, I can't think of a team that's been more decimated by injuries than they have. Yeah. The one thing about Josh Johnson that excites you as a streamer is – there is no team that has allowed more rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks than the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're allowing uh, 334 on the season um, on just 67 carries. So right there at five yards a clip, um, you know, four touchdowns to opposing quarter quarterbacks rushing. We know they're, you know, still a pretty good pass defense, Um and have allowed what the fewest passing yard, uh, second fewest passing yards on the season. They've allowed just fifteen touchdown passes to ten interceptions. They're still a pretty good pass defense, but the way you want to attack them is with uh, you know a running quarterback because they play a lot of you know man coverage and those guys can get loose with their back turns. Yep. Um, so you know. <sighs> That's the most enticing aspect of him, maybe pulling a slight Lamar Jackson and putting up some rushing numbers. Uh, as a passer, I wouldn't be too excited. Uh, I still think Jacksonville's you know, a top three defense 
this week in terms of fantasy, uh, especially with all the offensive line injuries that Washington has, and they seem to be shuffling guys in and out. Um, could open up some holes for Adrian Peterson, but he's just got to get through that you know first line and make a big play in order for him to have a nice fantasy day. I wouldn't exactly you know feel great about starting Adrian Peterson, um, you know, but there is some opportunities for him to make you know, a, a couple nice plays or score a touchdown, uh, especially with how it looked like Jacksonville quit. So Adrian Peterson's the closest guy. Other than that, you probably don't want to be, so you definitely don't want to be starting any of those wide receivers. Um, you know, you could look at the you know tight end position if Jordan Reed were to be healthy, uh, which is looking you know more and more doubtful as the weeks go by. So you might be looking at a guy like, um, you know, Vernon Davis and Eric Ebron had 10 catches for 81 yards against him. Um, he had a three catch for 69 at two touchdown game. Travis Kelsey had five for a hundred. Um, there is some big upside potential in a guy like Vernon Davis. Uh, we just got to see if there's a real connection between him and, um, you know, Josh Johnson. It's going to be, I don't think I could start any of the pass catching weapons and that, you know, includes Chris Thompson who, you know, is in a pretty good spot himself as Jacksonville can allow some receptions uh, to uh, opposing running backs. Um, I got her her outside. I I put her out in the balcony. See how long that lasts. Oh my gosh. Um, The old, the old lady. Wants to be known. Sorry about the interruptions. Um, you're going to flip over to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are really looking at Leonard Fournette um, and seeing if he's able to get anything done after you know, being you know squashed last week. But this is a pretty you know, you know decent matchup for him. Um there's nothing to be overly concerned about with Washington. They were sort of ran over all last week by Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, Washington on the season is an above average defense against opposing running backs. Uh, and, you know, they don't allow all that many rushing touchdowns with just eight to running backs on the season. Um, but, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we saw that Saquon and we saw Ezekiel Elliott and these really good players, you know, have some nice fantasy days. Um, so Leonard Fournette's probably going to be in lineups. It's a little bit of a riskier play after, you know, seeing them just get absolutely stomped um, on te- by Tennessee, but, you know, Tennessee's just got their number, man. Like, we talked about it on the show last week. They they just know how to play against them. Yep. Uh, anyone else? I mean, other than Fournette, obviously, Didi coming off that game that you mentioned earlier. Is there anyone else that you're liking? Moncrief? Uh, I, I can't. Play, but... I mean, Dante Moncrief to look for some upside, you're going way, way back, and you're looking at the only time he's ever played Washington in his career um, and ended up with, 
134 yards on three catches and two touchdowns. So maybe he could make some plays, but we just haven't seen that chemistry with Kessler. And this offense just hasn't moved it consistent enough, uh, you know, outside of garbage time to have a lot of trust. Uh, you know, DD's the best play at wide receiver. He's in the you know wide receiver three range, uh, flex play, but you know, likely to see a lot of Josh Norman unless they kick him into the slot a lot more, uh, which is definitely possible. So maybe if DD's in the slot. You know, he catches a bunch of short ones. Yeah, again, going back to week 15, how important this matchup is. You're trying to get into your championship game. Uh, D.D. Westbrook uh, does not feel like a guy I want to hand the keys to my future. Um, Obviously, if you got nothing better, then so be it. Uh, could be worse. At least he's on a kind of a, a, a streak or a, a upswing right at the moment, but doesn't sound like a great idea. <clears throat> Let's move on to our next matchup, um, which is going to be the Cowboys, the Colts. One thing worth mentioning, Aaron Peterson on the season has 872 yards. I feel pretty good that he's going to go over the 1,000-yard mark, which, you know, as an AP all-day fan, I'm pretty pumped for him. I don't have off the top of my head how many seasons it's been before since he's gone over 1,000 yards, but it's got to be three or four, right? Um, so, you know, hats off to AP, sticking, sticking with it. Uh, he's been – obviously, he's always had the confidence in his own play, but if he can go over 1,000 yards in that game for the Redskins – uh, that's that's great, great stuff. Um, you know, he only needs 112 yards to pass uh, Eric Dickerson for eighth all time on the uh, rushing list. So let's keep mounting these things up. AP, he said he ain't done, and uh, he's kind of proven it. So hopefully he can have somewhat of a nice game in this one and uh, keep chipping away over those um, next three games, um, and he should be over the 1,000-yard mark again. Let's go to that Dallas Cowboys uh, probably not a hotter team in the league right now since the Cooper trade. Um, another team that's just hot as hell right now is uh, who they're playing, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, obviously, the Cowboys uh, had an awesome overtime win against the Cowboys and the Colts. Um, kind of Eagles. Houston. So we'll start with the Cowboys. You know, you're starting Ezekiel Elliott. Um, what do you think? I'll let, I'll let you kind of let us know. Do you think that Elliott has a good uh, chance for a nice game against the Colts based on their uh, power rankings against running backs? Um, and let me know, uh, obviously, Amari Cooper's way locked in your lineup. Uh, is Dak Prescott done enough over these uh, last four or five games where he's now a, um, a QB1? Yeah, looking at Indianapolis Colts, they're actually fairly tough against opposing running backs. They haven't allowed a single 100-yard rusher this season. The closest guy, you know, was Sony Michelle, who rushed for 18 times for 98 yards and a touchdown. Um, they also haven't allowed a 100-yard receiving running back against them. But Chris Thompson did have 92 receiving yards uh, against them all the way back in week two. You know, Joe Mixon had 95 rushing yards and a touchdown in week one with five for 54. Um, and that's their best fan or second best fantasy game of the year allowed. Leonard Fournette actually beats them on the strength of two touchdowns in the standard leagues. Um, so there's not 
if you're paying up in DFS, like I, I think you can go to a couple other options and maybe receive some more bang for your buck. But in redraft leagues, uh, I think you're absolutely locking them in. Uh, you know, no doubt about it. Same thing with Amari Cooper. Um, you know, and, and Dak Prescott, as you talked about, because of the performance of Cooper uh, and sort of how this offense is, you know, performed with him in the lineup, he's definitely in flex consider or streamer consideration if he's not owned. I personally picked up Dak to stream this week in a league. Um, picked him up in front of Jameis Winston. Um, you know. You know, seeing that 455 pass performance, passing yard performance with three touchdowns, albeit with two picks, it is pretty enticing. And we know that he usually provides, you know, 20 to 30 rushing yards. Um, you know, there's passing yards. Our uh, passing yards have been up ever since the Cooper trade. Um, so I could see Dak having a pretty nice performance. And I do think you know, the best way to attack against the Colts is through the air. Um, You know, we talked about their, you know, pretty decently stout, um, you know, uh, run defense. I I think this game looks a lot like the Eagles game for them last week. You're going to see them going from, you know, Doug Peterson to Frank Reich, um, the you know, a guy that they're really familiar with. You're going to see going from Carson Wentz to Andrew Luck. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton's probably the best receiver of the bunch, but uh, it, it's remarkably similar for them. So I, I, I think you're starting, you know, the guys you know on the Cowboys. Dak can also be, you know, a back-end QB1, maybe a little bit more upside uh, that we've seen after that performance last week. Uh, and I, I think he's got a crazy? strong chance just to not bust for sure. Isn't it crazy the way just like literally a few weeks ago, a handful of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about how Dak Prescott, Prescott didn't have a 300-yard game of the season, right? Maybe he did. Yeah. And now you're just looking at just, I mean, God, that, that Amari Cooper trade uh, – you know, it's got to be one of the so far in the small sampling we've got, but so far it's got to be one of the most turnaround and energizing a franchise trades that I can remember. Um, I, I literally just can't. Randy Moss, but still, the Patriots were fucking awesome already. But I don't know that that hats off. Hats off. I know when we made it, everyone was kind of like, "Is that worth it?" Does Cooper suck balls? Uh, looks like not. He just needed a new scenario. Now Dak's going to get a just a gargantuan contract. Cooper's going to get a gargantuan contract. Um, Elliott's going to get a gargantuan contract. And the defense is pretty much the fastest um, thing that we're, you know, they're just looking like uh, they're lights out. So hats off to Cowboys. Hopefully they can sneak into the playoffs. And um, But in this one, we'll move over to the Colts. I like the Colts more as a team, so hopefully they'll beat the Cowboys because I'm a 49er fan. Let's uh, let's talk about Andrew Luck. Uh, as I said, just that offensive line, what they've been able to do this year is incredible. Um, 
Luck finally got sacked. I don't know what the number was, but it had been an insane amount of dropbacks between his sack um, after before uh, Watt got him uh, last week. Um, and we just see the Frank Reich, Andrew Luck um, relationship and, 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 and head coach uh, player, um, you know, congruent for, uh, setting is, is paying off in spades for the Colts. Uh, what do you think for this matchup? Luck, Mac, Hilton are going to be able to get done, and obviously, Ebron uh, can he can he keep it going as well? Yeah, I, I think they're pretty much starting most of the Colts here. You're starting Andrew Luck, uh, unless you have you know an absolute pristine quarterback situation. Uh, I think Wheeler and I have Andrew Luck. Uh, let's see. Andrew Luck is the sixth best quarterback or seventh best quarterback. The only guys we have that you'd start above them are Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I like that list a lot. I don't I think there's very many uh, things you could say that'd be different than those guys. Um, I don't think there's other players that you can really elevate ahead of luck at this point and what he's done this season. Um, so I, I, I think you're locking in luck. Um, he needs six touchdown passes over this next three games to get uh, another 40 touchdown season. Um, he's just playing really well. And this team you know, albeit started slow last week, I really gelled and got it done uh, late in the game. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton just abused people last week. Uh, I think he should absolutely be locked in. Uh, the Cowboys do have some pretty good corners now uh, with Byron Jones sort of switching positions this season. He's played really well, uh, and he's a guy with deep speed that may be able to keep up with T.Y., but, you know, T.Y. over his last couple weeks has just been, you know, laying it on thick. In, in week 11, nine receptions for 155 yards, two touchdowns. Week 12 against Miami, seven for 125, no touchdowns. Um, week 13 against Jacksonville, eight for 77, no touchdowns. And then last week, nine for 199 and no touchdowns. Uh Locking in Hilton, um, Mar- Marlon Mack is where it gets difficult um, for me. Um, you know, Mack has been sort of touchdown dependent as of late. They've had some tougher matchups uh, and going against the Cowboys, who have been playing really well uh, against running backs. And, you know, on the season, they are the fourth best team against opposing running backs. They're one of uh, five, uh, six NFL teams that have allowed under a thousand rushing yards to opposing running backs. Um, you know, you know, five rushing touchdowns. They they have allowed seventy nine receptions, but maybe that lines up better for Naheem Hines than it does for Marlon Mack. Um, so, pro- yeah. So for my lineup, you know, I want to get into the championship. Max uh, been a guy that's been kind of I've been uh, slotting him in as a as a flex guy. Um, <clears throat> obviously, um, Mixon is a guy that's been a starter for me at running back. 
Um, and then a guy that's been on my bench, luckily I didn't even play last week. I had a bye in the playoffs, but uh, my bench has been Derrick Henry. Um, I'm going to play Aaron Jones, even though they're going against the, uh, the Bears. I, I, you just can't, I can't take him out at this point. But would you put in a Derrick Henry over a Mac? Um, and, 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 and would you put him in over even a Derrick Henry, potentially over a Mixon? I would not put Derrick Henry in over Mixon. Okay. I'd put Derrick Henry in over Mac and every scoring system. Uh, Mac yeah, isn't a guy. Mac isn't a guy who's caught a lot of passes this season. He's got just uh, twelve on the season, which it's within one or two of Derrick Henry. His high reception game this season is two. His high receiving yardage uh, game this season is uh, thirty-three. Um, he's basically a runner only for the Colts. Uh, and I just don't see them being able to get a ton uh, of rushing success uh, against that linebacking core and front seven of the Cowboys. So I, I think, you know, the Colts are going to have to air it out, um, which leads to more high, more to Ebron and leads more to T.Y. help. Agreed. All right. I like it. Um all right. Anyway, uh, any Ebron discussion? Let's talk Ebron. Pascal uh, kind of been looking all right. There's, there's, but again, Ebron's probably locked into your lineup to what he's achieved this year. Um, and I think outside I'm of not, that, I'm not getting too. Not, you're not trusting anyone at, at wide receiver on the Colts. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not getting too fancy with Ebron. I'm starting him. Um, you know, Zach Ertz was used as a major weapon uh, in the previous game uh, against um, uh, against Dallas. Not so much this time around. It was actually one of his you know worst performances. But the time before that, he caught fourteen for one forty-five and two. Um, and you know, Ebron's such a touchdown threat that it's hard to. Uh, fade away and we, we saw Dallas go dare get a score there. We saw Vernon Davis, you know, two weeks before that score a touchdown. So uh, not fading away from Eric Ebron. Although I do think the Cowboys are going to pay, you know, a lot of attention to him. Love it. All right. Before we go to the next matchup, do us a favor and listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, the first of only two afternoon games here on Sunday is going to be what four years ago would have been the premier matchup uh, in the NFL. Seahawks at Levi's Stadium playing against the 49ers. Um, I'll let you kind of just run down the row with the Seahawks, one of the hotter teams offensively um, right now in the league. Uh, seems to kind of always happen. They either they always start slow, and then by the time uh, the end of the season goes around, there's few teams that people would rather would 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 less want to face than the Seahawks. Um, and there you go, Russell Wilson and this cast of characters, the new look Seahawks are doing it once again. Do your thing. Yeah, um, Chris Carson locking him into the lineup, although you know. San Francisco has been better uh, against running backs since they were earlier in the season. 
you know, against David Johnson in week eight, they held him to 59 yards on 16 carries. Uh, Doug Martin, 49 yards on 11. Uh, Saquon Barkley in week uh, week 10, 67 yards on 20 carries. Uh, had a bye week in there. Um, Peyton Barber, 47 yards on 18 carries. Um, after that, it was Chris Carson who had – 13 for 69. Um, and then, you know, last week they held Philip Lindsay to just 30 yards on 14 carries. Uh, he did score a touchdown. There is that touchdown sort of upside. They've just been a, a lot stingier over the last five weeks than they were earlier in the season. Um, you know, I'm not looking for anything crazy from Carson. Uh, I, I could see a pretty similar performance. Uh, Rashad Penny was the guy who you know, was more effective last time, rushing for seven, uh, rushing seven times for sixty-five yards and got into the end zone. Um, but Carson's the guy there for me. Uh, he'll be ranked the highest. Um, let me see where he's at in rankings right now. Kind of, it's the thirteenth overall running back. Uh, probably going to have to knock him down a couple pegs there to where he ends up as a back-end RB2. But, um, you know, I like it. And this offense has just been so good, and the deep shots have been incredibly effective. So I'm not running away from any of these guys uh, at all. Um, You know, looking at the other guys, it's interesting. At pass catcher, you know, Tyler Lockett um, was the number one there last week. I do think you, you know, Doug Baldwin being held out in that game. Uh, they just didn't roll a lot. I mean, what, what did Russell Wilson throw for 70 yards total? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's not a ton of upside in Russell Wilson, but the touchdowns have been coming. Um, uh you know, I do think against San Francisco, Russell Wilson's a pretty strong play. Last time they faced off, he threw for four touchdowns, but he threw it only 17 times. They were able to roll, and then that's why you know Carson was sort of lifted. They scored 43 points in that game. They just let let the other guys do work. Um, so I think Russell Wilson's not in a bad spot. I just worry about that. Overall, like the passing game volume just hasn't been there. And Tyler Lockett, touchdown dependent. The rest of the guys, unstartable. Uh, That's it. That's it. Let's go over the 49ers. I think on this team, um, you know, Pettis has got his moments. Him and Mullen seem to have a connection. And, uh, you know, George Kittle, I think you've got him this week as the third or fourth tight end coming off that just ridiculous game last week. Um, he, he, he looked like he was just – it looked like Tecmo Bowl for him for sure. Uh, Kittle, what a stud. Um, but it pretty much I think you, 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 you end it there, right? I mean, he's the – Brita, is he back? Is he still out? Uh, the Wilson Jr. experiment uh, looked pretty good at 90 yards um, and, and, and 134 from scrimmage. Um, 
But what? Oh, actually, that was uh, that was two weeks ago when they actually played each other. That was Wilson's big breakout game. What do you think? Um, what do you think for this team outside of Kittle, who's locked in? Um, do you like Pettis? Do you think anyone in the backfield can do anything? Is Mullins worth a stream uh, if you're desperate? I mean, the way Seattle is constructed, uh, it's going to be tough for. You know, Mullins to do anything besides put up a lot of empty passing yards. Uh, the last time they faced off, he threw for 414 yards, two touchdowns. So you're you're really just counting on you know garbage yards and garbage scores, and that's just not something I want to do. Um, interesting factoid about George Kittle. Uh, this one from Graham Barfield at NFL.com. George Kittle's 10.2 yards after the catch uh, this year per catch is the best figure for any wide receiver or tight end since the stat began being tracked in 2006. Um, so Kittle's absolutely locked in. Um, the closest you know, wide receiver you mentioned to relevance it is Dante Pettis, uh, and there does seem to be a connection there. Um, and, and, you know, despite having a tough matchup last time out, uh, you know, that's where Pettis, you know, had his breakout game and caught uh, five of seven for 129 and two touchdowns, albeit they were sort of getting rolled. They were deep shots, but, uh I do like Pettis a little bit here. Um, I, I don't think he's going to actually blow up like he did last time. I think they're going to pay a little bit more attention to him. But uh, he's got the type of speed that can cause some problems for, uh, you know, Seattle defensive backs. Um, guy, guys who can go vertically down the field uh, have seemed to do pretty against Seattle. Uh, you've got Emmanuel Sanders in week one, had 10 for 135 and one. Uh, Marvin Jones had seven for 117 and two. Um, let's see. Uh, then there was Brandon Cooks had 10 for 100. Devontae Adams, well, probably not so much vertically down the field, had 10 for 117. 66. So they are prone to some big performances to, uh, you know, wide receiver ones. Um, I'm just not, I think they're gonna have to pay a lot of attention to Pettis this time around. Um, This seems like a kind of a touchdown machine and he was a surprise first round pick, uh, first round, right? Or was it second? No. Second. Yeah. Second round pick. Sorry. He was surprised second round pick earlier, uh, in the year. Um, I think he might have been the second or third wide receiver taken in the draft, but he's got that Will Fuller style where it's just like, seems like he he would be scoring touchdowns if you were playing flag football. Um, Just great space. Once he gets going, um, he he just seems like a touchdown machine. So hats off to the 49ers. Uh, Guy needs a new haircut, Dante Pettis, but uh, for now, Getting it done to a degree uh, on a team that's obviously hasn't had the season they uh, they thought they were going to, uh, with only three wins <clears throat> ever since Jimmy G went down. So um, let's move on to our next matchup, probably the game of the week <clears throat> in some regards. Um, Patriots 
heading over to the Steelers. Patriots lost in that uh, last-minute play that we talked about against Miami. And then on the flip side, the Steelers lost on what? I think it was the last minute or pretty close to. Didn't uh, the kicker fuck up the last uh, kick to tie it and send it into OT? But the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to Oakland. That does not seem – it seems like it's been a bad few weeks for the Steelers who – I don't know. It, uh, it seems like it's a, been a weird year, uh, and that franchise has got some weirdness happening with the coaching, with the players. I don't know. It just seems something's up there. Let's start with the New England Patriots. Um, let's get do your thing. I mean, one thing, just not to look in the rearview mirror too much, but what were they thinking having Gronkowski be the last line of defense when you had Tannehill, there's no way that he was going to be able to throw the ball in the air into the end zone. What was that? What was that? Because you get you, you put any player, McCourty, or there's so many players you could have put there. Even Edelman, for Christ's sake, uh, is the last line of defense. And Drake's not scoring; he's getting pushed out of bounds at the let's say eight yard line or something. That that was really crazy. I don't know. Come on! Um, I thought you did all the work around here. Come on! I mean, I, sometimes you just scratch your head and be like, okay, you know, he's not throwing a 65-yard bomb after having a shoulder uh, earlier in the season and not ha- having a cannon to begin with, not being Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, I got no good answers for you about why people do things. All right. Um, we move on to the Patriots for the, this week in fantasy prowess. Um, one of the tweets I saw that – made me laugh because it was so true was that Gronk on that last play looked like a dad playing flag football with his young kids, where it's like wiped out and then probably hurt his groin and then fucked up on the play regardless. And the little kids are like, yeah, we win. Anyway, go on to uh, what you think could happen for the Patriots um, in this matchup against a Steelers that look like they're um, headed in the wrong direction. Yeah, the Steelers, I wouldn't say that they're heading in the wrong direction, but they're, uh, you know, they got some tough matchups against the Patriots in the past, and these games are always sort of close, high-scoring affairs. Um, You know, there was last year's, uh, what, divisional round game, or was that the championship um, divisional, I believe, where it was 27-24, uh, you know, earlier on last year before that, in an AFC championship game was 36-17. to The Patriots have won the last three matchups against the Steelers. Um, they just know how to play uh, against each other. And, you know, uh, the, the Patriots have a good scheme for beating them. Um you know, they know how to use the tight ends and get the tight end in space. Um, and that's what Oakland was able to do with Jared Cook last week. They tried a number of different coverage schemes against Jared Cook uh, and got eaten alive. So I think Rob Gronkowski is a very, very, very strong play here. The last two times he's played Pittsburgh – um, back in 2016, he had four catches for 93 yards on a touchdown on just four targets. Uh, and then last year, 
uh, during the playoffs, you know, ate him alive with another nine catches. I think it was 138 yards, but didn't find uh, pay dirt. So I, I think Gronk's going to be the 168 yards on 13 carries or 13 targets. I think Gronk's going to be the major cog in this offense. We've seen Edelman be, you know, consistent since coming back from injury. So I think those guys are both locked in. Um, you know, Sony Michelle, uh, the Patriots do like to play uh, at times some grind out football against Pittsburgh, and Sony Michelle's the best guy for that. Um, you know, Deion Lewis had 13 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rex Burkhead scored. Uh, so, of course, naturally, there's going to be a James Devlin, you know, two touchdown game coming uh, again for funds. Um, but, you know, Josh Gordon been really, really, really consistent with, with the Patriots. Uh, he hasn't had a blow up monster game, but he's been very good. So, I think if you need, you know, a, a Flex floor. He's one of the guys in considerations there. You know, also in wide receiver three, wide receiver two range. But the best play here is probably Gronk. And then I think, you know, Sony Michelle's going to get a, a good number of touches. Cool. Let's go over the Steelers side of the ball. Uh, I think it kind of most important question here is James Conner. Do you think he plays? Uh, he didn't practice today, ankle injury. But, you know, the coach speak and the talk is that he may play. What what would your gut tell you? Is Connor playing this week or no? My gut says absolutely not. It's a high ankle sprain. You know, the Steelers are still pretty well, um, you know, in their division race. And uh, I think there's going to be more imp- – important games coming up, but, you know, the Steelers are, you know, trying to keep pace with Baltimore as well. Uh, I, I don't think you can really, you know, lose that the Baltimore seven, six and one. Um, it, it's a tough division, man, or Baltimore seven, six, uh, the Steelers are seven, five and one. So it's a very tight division. Um, so the Steelers need to put up a nice showing here. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, 25 of 29 for 282 and two last week. Couldn't come out, you know, earlier in the game because of a busted old x-ray machine or some bullshit they made up. Um, in his past five versus New England, he's averaging 356 passing yards per game with 12 touchdowns and six interceptions. So uh, I look for Ben Roethlisberger to, you know, have a nice one here. He's at home. Uh, You know, a guy who's been playing better at home this season is uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, He's tied for the league lead with uh, 12 touchdown catches in his past five at home. He's averaging 97 receiving yards per game with seven receiving touchdowns. Uh, he's got two 100-yard receiving games in his last three. Juju Smith-Schuster has 80, uh, 91 catches on the season for 1,234 yards and six touchdowns. That guy just put up some monster games, um, and he had 114 
15 yards against them in their only career meeting. Uh, those guys are both locked in. The, it really comes down to, you know, James Conner, if he could play. If James Conner's playing, he play him. You know, sort of like Melvin Gordon. Uh, Jalen uh, Samuels had a career-high 92 scrimmage yards last week. Um, he's gotten a couple bunny touchdowns. St- Stephen Ridley got a bunny touchdown. Uh, and, you know, there's the revenge game narrative for Stephen Ridley going up against the Patriots. Uh, you know, he rushed for nearly 3,000 yards and 22 touchdowns there. Hey, so he off a Brandon Bolden game. Didn't he have two touchdowns last week or something? Yeah. Like so bananas. Brandon so revenge revenge game against the uh the Patriots is is is, is real and fierce, even with these uh um tertiary uh running backs of old. Yeah, let's uh move on to the next one. Cool. Eagles <clears throat> heading over to play at the LA Coliseum. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Big news there is it looks like Carson uh, Wentz is not going to play. So we got Foles back at the starting role. But even the bigger news there is the fact that they think that uh, Wentz might be done for the year. Back spasms, pretty huge. A guy that was going to be an MVP first half of last season or first two-thirds of last season, now heading towards contract times and um, – you know, injuries are are, are kind of looking like they might be a part of his career, at least at this point. We said the same thing about Stafford in his first couple of years, and he's been an Iron Man since. But the end of the story is Nick Foles in, Carson Wentz out for this matchup. Uh, what do you think that means for the offense as a whole for the Eagles? Um, who do you think uh, Zach Ertz now come down to – to planet Earth, uh, does Alshon Jeffrey go back to the Alshon that he was with uh, Foles? A lot of dynamics change here um, with some guys that have kind of been great. Do they stay there? And some guys that have kind of fallen off, do they now kind of rebound? Yeah, I think you're absolutely starting Zach Ertz. Um, you know, he's got 88 receptions out of the season. Uh, 129 targets. He's already over a thousand yards, but needs just 12 receptions through these last three games to break Jason Witten's single season record by a tight end. Um, I, I think that's something that Zach Ertz really wants. Um, you know, it, it was a bit of a mixed bag with uh, Foles earlier in the season. He had a five catch for 48 yard game in week one, but he had 10 targets that he had 13 targets, cut 11 of them for 94 yards against Tampa Bay. And then another 10 target game um, with five catches for 73 yards uh, against Indianapolis. So I, I could see Zach Ertz maybe not having the same upside he had with uh, you know Carson Wentz. He cut all of his touchdowns this season from Carson Wentz, but you know, uh, Ertz was a big player, you know, down the stretch in the in the conference championship and Super Bowl game last year with Foles at the helm. Um, you know, I, I think you're rolling Ertz no matter what. The other guys, um, that's where it becomes a big question. I mean, Golden Tate wasn't fitting, you know, great into this offense either way. Um, you know, you look at. 
Alshon Jeffrey, who made some big plays with Nick Foles, you know, at quarterback, including, you know, in that conference championship game against Minnesota, um, you know, that two touchdown grabs against uh, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, it, it looks pretty good for Alshon, you know, to say the least. I'm trying to pull up the splits here. Just give me one second. Um, but the other guys there aren't really trustable, in, in my opinion. There's no Tate, no Aguilar. Um, in, in seven games with, you know, Falls the quarterback, he averages 12.81 PPR points over the last two years. He averages 12.27 uh, with him out of the lineup um, just over the last two years. Um, and, you know, the thing that really increases for Alshon is the touchdown expectancy because the yardage decreases by 10 and the reception, you know, he's nearly a one reception drop, but the touchdown pace is nearly double. There you go, man. All right, good stuff. Uh, what about that backfield? What are you seeing out of Josh Adams, Sproles? I think you're going to have to roll with Corey Clements on there now, so it's likely Darren Sproles and uh, Josh Adams. Although you might see some more Wendell Smallwood here now as the change of pace runner. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Adams. I think you know we've seen. Nick Foles and he's sort of limited, but uh, you know, when they were struggling early in the season, you know, Ajayi was sometimes his biggest help and sometimes the biggest detriment. I think we've got to see a pretty similar game plan with Josh Adams in place of Jay Ajayi. So uh, I, you know, he's a back end RB2 flex play, like more in standard than PPR. Got it. Cool. Let's head over to the Rams side. Our Chicago Bears, you were at the game, as we spoke about at the beginning of the show, sculled the living fuck out of the the Rams last week. It was so glorious to, to watch. I like the Rams, but it was good to see Goff looking like a confused deer in headlights. Um, what do you think uh, for this matchup? Is this one is this a, game, a rebound game, game for them and they get right back on track? Or are the Eagles in a situation where their season's pretty much done and there's some changing happening, but they kind of go on a nice little three-game run here and show, hey, you know, we might not be making the playoffs this year, but we're not a bad team. Yeah. um, This is, you know, this – I don't know how I feel. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. Your lead into the game has me lost. What game are we doing? Uh, the Rams. We're on the Rams side of offense playing against the Eagles in L.A. Oh, yeah. I fought that other half of that game, huh? Um <laughs> Now you know. Now you're you're kind of like D Rex right now. I like this. 
you're so on top of your game. Then I'm like, oh, you're, and you and you and Houdini, uh, you and Houdini, are like, yeah, the Rex just totally moved over and missed half the game. Oh, hey, okay, back to that. Yeah, base. Yeah, uh, I was looking some shit up, but basically, you're starting all the Rams against Philadelphia. Um, basically, the Philadelphia Eagles on IR have an entire version of their defense. Um, you know, especially in the defensive backfield where they're missing player after player, um, you know, with Cooks and Wood and Goff at home. The home road splits for Goff have maybe started to show up a little bit, cold weather splits, whatever you want to say. But now you get the comfortable sun of Los Angeles against Philadelphia without Carson Wentz. This probably looked like a marquee matchup when made up. Doesn't look as much like that right now. But, uh, yeah, you're right. And we talked about it. Jared Goff, top five quarterback this week. Uh, Todd Gurley should absolutely be locked into your lineups. He's got 19 touchdowns. Um, in, in six home games this season, he has 834 scrimmage yards, which is 140 per game with seven touchdowns. Um, in the only career meeting against the Eagles, he had 135 scrimmage yards with two rush touchdowns. Um, and he was rushing uh, two touchdowns in three of his past four against the NFC East. So lock in Gurley, lock in Cooks. Uh, you know, he's only had one matchup against the Eagles uh, in his career, but he went over 100 yards uh, in the touchdown. Uh, while with New Orleans, he's got, you know, his fourth season over 1,000 yards, uh, and he averages 107 yards per game at home. Um, Robert Woods is another guy uh, who's just been dominant. So, yards you know. Happy for him. Yeah. If it looks like he's going to stick around or maybe leave in free agency, that 1,000-yard uh, century mark will help him get some more coin. Uh, guy that deserves it. Been around. Uh, not a highly touted dude out of USC, but he's carved a nice career for himself. I like that guy. Yeah. I don't think you want to leave Rams anytime soon, though. It works out perfect for you. Um, let's go on to this, what, last one? Yeah. Monday night. Uh, that's going to be the Saints. <clears throat> Saints at the Panthers. Uh, Monday night football. So Booger will be on his high chair looking down on this one. Saints um, coming off of um, a nice uh, win against Tampa Bay. And, you know, Carolina Panthers, uh, another team that <clears throat> doesn't look like the, what we thought they would be um, this year in the wins and losses column. Um, but some great stuff and some great players there. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey um, from a fantasy standpoint. So we'll start with the New Orleans Saints. Um, just when he thought he, 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 was, he was on his lips. It tastes so good when it's on your lips. Um, when it hits your lips. Uh, Brandon Marshall got cut today. Um, never, I think he holds, he's got what, 160 games as a pro or something like that without a, playing one NFL, um, postseason game. I might have, uh, given him a lot more games than he had in his career, but, um, he is out on the streets. Let's start, um, you know, start with Breeze. 
Kamara, Ingram, do your thing. Yeah. Um, so Alvin Kamara hasn't had, you know, those big yardage games uh, that he was having earlier in the season. Uh, you know, he's it's been a struggle for him to reach even over 100 scrimmage yards, uh, but the touchdown opportunities are there. Um, going up against Carolina, uh, it, it's a pretty good spot for him. Nothing to write off. Um, you know, the, the Panthers are actually you know pretty tough in terms of of receptions allowed to running backs, uh, with the second lowest number in the league. Uh, that is also the second lowest number in the league at percent of receiving yards allowed to running backs. Um, but you know, you can score a couple touchdowns on them, uh, as a pass catcher Kamara earlier in the season, you know, when they played, uh, nothing to write home about, not bad. Um, you know, let me see, let me see Kamara. Uh, actually, they haven't played yet this year. Um, this is one of those things where they play twice against each other in the last two, three weeks. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, last they played last year in the wild card round. Um, he rushed ten times for twenty-three yards and a touchdown. Caught one pass for ten yards. Re- really held down uh, during the regular season meeting. He had two rushing touchdowns. Um, on 60 yards and then 66 yards as a receiver. So that was one of his better games last year uh, against them. Um, he, the overall upside for Kamara just hasn't really shown up of late. Um, this offense is, you know, just hasn't been as, you know, ever since that sort of Dallas game. Uh, that's worrisome, but. You know, Carolina against QBs is, you know, the seventh worst team in terms of allowing fantasy points. Um, you know, against running, you know, Carolina is pretty stout, allowing the sixth fewest. Uh, they haven't allowed a thousand yards rushing to running backs as of yet, uh, and their fifty-five receptions. Uh, are what, sixth in the league, sixth lowest in the league. They have allowed four, you know, receiving touchdowns to running backs. So I, I'm probably going to roll with Kamara over Ingram for sure. Uh, I, I don't really love playing Ingram in this matchup either. However, um, you know, uh, they're just stout and tough against the run game. Uh, I think the best way to attack Carolina is through the air. So it looks great for Michael Thomas. It looks good for Traquan Smith, who hasn't done shit for two, three weeks now. Uh, and, you know, those ancillary players like Dan Arnold, who was inactive last week at tight end, it looks pretty good for him should they decide to go that route. Um and, you know, guys like Keith Kirkwood and Austin Carr are also in pretty good spots, but not trustable. Um, so I think you're really starting your studs, and that includes Drew Brees. Um, I, I, I just don't know if I go absolutely overboard 
uh, expecting a huge blow-up Saints game in this one. I'd be a little more reserved in my expectations. I agree, I agree with that across the board. All right, our last <clears throat> team of the week, Carolina Panthers. Um, uh, as you mentioned, there's a bunch of uh, Cam Newton not getting it down on the ground like years past that we've seen. So it's really kind of tempered his fantasy football scoring output. Um, I'll let you kind of run through it here and, and, and do your stag party thing. Um, and uh, and then we'll close this bad daddy out. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we gave the goo and dropped the knowledge so that you guys make the right decisions in week 15. Um, but what are your thoughts on this matchup? Cam, uh, Christian McCaffrey's obviously locked in your lineups, but what, what, what do you think? What, what could you see happen um, against the Saints defense? Who's solid? I mean, nobody has allowed fewer rushing yards to running backs than the New Orleans Saints, who have allowed just 690 on 215 carries uh, this season. Um, the high watermark in terms of scoring standard leagues – uh, was Ezekiel Elliott at 19.6. He's also the high watermark in PPR leagues at 25.6. Um, while I love Christian McCaffrey, I don't know if he has uh, you know that 30 or 40 point upside that we have seen uh, from him as of late. Um, last year uh, against Carolina McCaffrey, um, he yeah, was able to get it done. Uh, he's sort of been able to get it done against everybody. Um, in, in their earliest matchup in week three, McCaffrey had nine uh, receptions on 11 targets for 101 yards, but rushed just four times for 16 yards. Uh, and then the second matchup, he caught five of the six targets for 33 yards and a touchdown. Um but their scheme is so good and running right now, and McCaffrey's been able to break off chunk plays that it's just going to be one of these interesting strength versus strength matchups that I'm looking to see. And I do think, you know, because of their strength um, against opposing running backs in the run game, Cam Newton's going to have to do it a little bit more. Uh, Jameis Winston was able to get loose on some scrambles for 47 rushing yards. Uh, last week, Dak Prescott had 22. Um, Jeff Driscoll had two carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. Um, and they've allowed four rushing touchdowns by uh, opposing quarterbacks on the season, uh, including one to Ryan Fitzpatrick early in the year. So I do think Cam maybe has to do a little bit more as a runner this week. But also you're going to want to see more from these receivers uh, there's a completely new pecking order at receiver for Carolina. Devin Funches has been operating as the wide receiver four for this team. Um, you know, there's no more Greg Olson. Ian Thomas, you know, stepped up last week. Um, but you look at the wide receiver pecking order, it's DJ Moore, then Curtis Samuel, and they've been able to make some, you know, big plays. Uh, talking about Ian Thomas. Um, back to him, he had nine catches on 11 targets for 77 yards against Cleveland. Uh, you know, I think you could do some pretty good things here. I think he's worth a, a stream um, and, and could have a five for 50 or so impact against the Saints. 
But I, I, the Saints have just been a tough, you know, defense over the last 10 games. They're allowing just, you know, 18 points a game and, you know, real football points. And then, um, you know, they're sort of stout all around. Um, but they, they can allow some big plays. So maybe, you know, DJ Moore after the catch or Curtis Samuel vertically downfield. Um, but uh, I, I do expect Carolina to have some, struggles here uh, but I'm absolutely not worried about Christian McCaffrey they might just have to use him more as a receiver than a runner this week nice I think Christian McCaffrey I'm going to make a take here he's going to hit the thousand thousand he's going to hit him both uh, he's only this got 700 year. yards receiving he's going to pull it off um, it's oh, a walk okay. in the park yeah I'm going for it dude he's got three games he's going to hit it um but yeah, awesome. Uh, love the review. This is uh, important times. Always a pleasure to drop the fantasy goo and sling it around and have good times on these calls. Um, next week, we'll try and get together um, for the show. Um, I know Houdini wants to do that as well. Stag Party and I will be uh, celebrating at Ditka's Steakhouse this Saturday, throwing back some steaks to a bunch of rowdy Irishmen, builders, and uh, we'll be lucky to get out alive. Um, but should be an awesome time. Stag, Stag Party's bosses are going to be uh, taking care of the bill. So a bunch of us um, not off the boat Irish people. Um, some of us old third generation Irish, myself, are going to light the lamp on that bill and make sure that McNay and uh, and Damo have got to realize I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, I'm an expensive date. Let <laughs> him know. I'll put should, a cap should, on be, should be good times. Um, as always, great to talk fantasy with you. Thanks for uh, giving it all out here, Stag Party. Um, like, thanks for listening to us, uh, Pyros. Week 15, get to the green in week 15. Pyro out, get it, make it happen. Later, buddy. Later. <laughs>